is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily and a big game day edition of WST. Heading into a quick one-off game at home tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Desperately needing to put up two points in the standings against the Arizona Coyotes, who haven't been the pushover over the last little while that I think most teams have, uh, or most fans have kind of expected them to be. Although a much better team at Mullet Arena than on the road, regardless of opponent, as we've talked about. Jets got to have it right now. This is a big one tonight, and uh, LA Kings did them a big favor last night, thumping the Calgary Flames. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, Obviously, the focus of today's show is going to be on the Winnipeg Jets, where they're at in the playoff race right now, and this game tonight against the Arizona Coyotes. Looking forward to having Mike McIntyre join us a little bit later on for Mike's thoughts on uh, the Jets right now with 11 games remaining in the schedule going into tonight's puck drop against the Yotes. And I'm very much looking forward to having Craig Button on the program. Um, Craig, of course, was um, doing the TSN analysis on Sunday's disappointing loss against the St. Louis Blues. We'll get Craig's thoughts on what's happened to the Winnipeg Jets, their current predicament, and what this team needs to do beginning tonight, moving forward to solidify their spot first and foremost as a playoff team and hopefully get closer to the team that was a first-place squad for the first half of the season if they're going to do anything come playoff time, assuming that they're able to make it. Um, going to be great. Welcome to the program for everyone. If you're watching on YouTube or you're just maybe finding us, make sure to hit that red subscribe button and join us on a daily basis. We're here live at 1 o'clock Central, Monday to Friday on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And if you prefer the audio podcast version, definitely go to your favorite podcast server and just put in Winnipeg Sports Talk and hit that red subscribe button. Just before I bring Michael Remus in, a big thanks to the sponsors that make our show happen each and every day. We couldn't do it without them. Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Canadian Club Whiskey, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, and we will get to a why not question of the day at some point for our friends at Not Auto Corp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Michael Remus, get in here. What's going on? You know, I'm happy we had our little event session yesterday. If you missed yesterday's show, two hours <laughs> on the weekend. I've got it all. We got it all out. Looking forward tonight. Feeling good. Jets and Coyotes, a lot of games on the schedule. I also might be feeling good because, one, we got to also have a really big baseball game tonight, uh, USA and Japan. Oh, that and that, that was, game last night was unbelievable. Yeah, that was fantastic last night. But also, also I think, got a bit of an extra jump on our step, seeing Calgary getting smoked 8-2 by L.A. And I don't know if anyone knew this, L.A.'s been the best team in the league by points percentage. Since February 1 and L.A. doing the Jets to the favor. And it seems like a lot of the conversations we're having here about the Jets after a loss to St. Louis, um, I think the conversations are similar in Calgary, except they're not in a playoff spot. And I think they're actually more displeased with the Flames than we are with the Jets after the St. Louis. It's, it's crazy this race, quote-unquote, between the Flames, Jets, 
and Predators kind of for that final playoff spot. It seems like no one is reaching out and taking it. And for Calgary to completely no-show in L.A., I don't know if they were at the beach or what. Um, I mean, it's good news for the Jets, but uh, I'm just having a good laugh about the whole thing. Well, I, I, listen, it would not have been la- a laughing matter if Calgary had made up that two points with their game in hand and had been a little closer to the Winnipeg Jets last night. I'm just looking at chat. Shout out to everyone that's with us here. Benji Rothman, all caps, talk about Japan. I don't know how much we'll talk about that, but that game was an absolute classic between Mexico and Japan last night. I know uh, the vast majority of us will be locked on Canada Life Center, whether you're at the game or um, watching it. But at the same time tonight, it will be USA and Japan going at it in the World Baseball Classic Final. This tournament has been a big, big success so far. And that game last night, Remo, the catch Randy and Rosarena made to rob Japan of a home run and the swag that he had afterwards just holding the pose without even cracking a smile was amazing. And then a walk-off win for the Japanese, who are a co-favorite with the Dominican Republic going into this event. They're a slight underdog tonight. <clears throat> and we are hearing that Shohei Otani has said that he will be available to pitch out of the bullpen. The one thing that I do hope is that we can possibly get an Otani-Trout showdown with the game on the line. It would be uh, It would be amazing. But of course, we are focusing more on the Jets, and you just mentioned the result last night in the late game. I thought this game had three-point game written all over it. I mean, Calgary over the past four games has lost a couple, but they've been able to get to overtime in both of them. Uh, let's just say that that was not the case, and it seemed to be over early. Four nothing down after the first period, end up losing eight to two. And I texted you afterwards. Of course, um, you know, regular listeners will know I spent some time in the last couple of years doing some shows with Pat Steinberg in uh, Calgary on Sportsnet 960, the host of the, uh, of the Flames broadcasts. And I thought, just as I was going to bed, we should check in on what is happening over on 960 in the aftermath of that game. And Derek Wills, the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Flames, absolutely eviscerated Calgary along with Peter Labardius who were on with uh, who were on with uh, Pat after the game and Remo I mean listen we know that we're in a great spot now and we've spent enough time talking about the old days of 1290 but to hear the post game calls on the Flames post game show last night uh, it, it, it made me miss all of the great callers that used to call in after the game. I see guys are doing a great job. Kenny and Rennie, we do have great post-game coverage here, along with what Sarah does for the Jets on home games. But uh, those 8-2 losses certainly bring out the best when it comes to sports talk callers. And, oh, oh did they have a few last night. And I get it. After such a dud with their season on the line, considering where they are in the standings right now. Yeah, it's been a puzzling year for the Flames where they, you know, they won the division last year and you go through this overhaul with Gaudreau and Kachuk leaving. You bring in Huberto and Kadri and you think they're going to plug the holes, but I don't think you can totally replace those players. And the puzzle pieces in Calgary haven't really all fit together and now you're hearing um, some maybe some displeasure with uh, communication from the coach. That was Elliot Friedman uh, reporting yesterday and I think I saw some people tweeting Lanny McDonald was on their broadcast talking about Kadri's uh, previously, you know, his his previous coach's communication skills. 
Jared Bednar compared to Daryl Sutter's methods, and you have to wonder what's going to happen. I mean, if you're a Kadri and Huberto, like maybe you're not having the best year, but I don't know if you regret like turning down turning down the money. Like they got paid, and you know maybe it'll sort itself. You're going to be there for a while, and this is just just year one, and maybe it'll just go up from here. We'll have to see. But there, that's a team that's interesting. I think this offseason as well. well I'll say one thing. Both of those guys are pretty damn happy they secured the bag last summer and weren't unrestricted free agents this summer compared to just how different their seasons have been with the Calgary Flames than they were with the Avalanche and the Florida Panthers, respectively. Um, Was an absolutely disastrous game for the Flames, though, and maybe this is the sort of break that, uh, you know, the Winnipeg Jets have needed. You know, I, I rolled out what Calgary's schedule is like in the final seven games of the season, playing against six teams that are out of the playoffs and a head-to-head game right here in Winnipeg against the Winnipeg Jets. And that is why I put so much importance on this game tonight, the game Thursday night in Anaheim. Um, If you are going to be a playoff team, if the Winnipeg, I mean, listen, we're not no longer talking about a division championship or first in the West for the Winnipeg Jets. We're talking about hanging on and most importantly, getting themselves back to some semblance of a style of game that never mind can make the playoffs, but can compete with the teams that are right there waiting for the postseason to start right now. Um, and as we'll hear from Rick bonus, that is going to be the focus tonight, but man, I mean, Remo, these next couple games and we won't get past Arizona, but I'll group Anaheim in that, in that as well. Um, these are very, winnable games as far as the schedule goes although you know with what's happened over the past six to eight weeks one would say that you know nothing is guaranteed and I agree with that but I mean Calgary right now after the loss is four points back of the Winnipeg Jets the Predators are five points back of the Winnipeg Jets now the Jets and Flames have both played 71 games Nashville has played 68 games although they're on a three-game losing streak right now, and I think we'll find a lot about what's left of the Predators coming out of these last three losses when they take on the Buffalo Sabres tonight. But with Calgary having a really advantage, uh, advantageous schedule at the end of the year, the Jets finishing up with road games in Minnesota, in Colorado, this is the week where they got to put some points up in the standings and give themselves a little bit of cushion so they can both get preparing for the playoffs um, but maybe not worrying about every single point in the standings. That's a best-case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets going into the end of the year. It's got to start with a win tonight. Yeah, against Arizona, who's been coming in on a bit of a heater as well, although not as good away from uh, Mullet Arena. And, I mean, the records on the... It's amazing the records on the road, Huss. At home, 20-11-3. And, and on the road, 7-21-8. I mean, what a difference in terms of wins. The home ice advantage at their small confines are real. And, you know, looking at the Jets' playoff odds on Money Puck, I think they were below 70%. The Flames lost yesterday. The Jets are now up to 75%, 75.7 if you want to go to the decimal point. So, um, you know, the Jets are still in good shape here for this final playoff. So it may not feel like they're playing like it as we have this turtle race to the final spot, but... They are in there and uh, going up against the Coyotes tonight, and we do have we do have the lines. Hust, Here, just to... quickly before we get to the lines, yeah. you mentioned the Coyotes and their home record, and I'll be honest, we talk about this a lot in the lock shop. And the Coyotes are a home underdog 
every game pretty much unless they're maybe hosting air, uh, the Ducks or something like that. And they've won 20 times. Um, you've been able to make some money if you've been betting the Coyotes at home. But you compare it to that horrible road record. And I'm not sure what we can put into the road record unless maybe that's that team. But remember in the first couple of years, we talked about Vegas and that Vegas home ice advantage? Yes. Because of the teams going into Vegas and maybe having a little too much fun? I wouldn't. I, I think we'd be naive not to think that the environment around Mullet Arena and in that area in Arizona and the fact that many teams, and the Jets better not do this tonight, but I think have taken the Coyotes lightly over the course of this season, and it hasn't worked well for the teams playing Arizona. Um, they come into tonight playing some pretty good hockey. They've won four games in a row. They're 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10 right now, Reem. And yes, there won't be the advantage of everything going on around Mullet Arena, but make no mistake about it, the Winnipeg Jets are going to need to be better than they were against the St. Louis Blues if they want to get a win against anybody, including Arizona, tonight at Canada Life Center. Yeah, Coyotes coming in here on a four-game win streak, and I don't, I haven't seen who the goalie is, but I don't know if it's Carol Vimelka. We're going to be shaking here because you look at his career numbers against the Jets, 9-1-5 save percentage. 2-5-2 goals against. Much better than his career, 9-0-3 and 3-3-6. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what the, we'll see about their lines, but I know they've been playing well. Clayton Keller, Barrett Hayton, Nick Schmaltz have been a really a really strong top line. So uh, the Jets are going to have to come out and, yeah, play better. You know, Maybe don't get scored on in the first five minutes. I think that would be a win for them as it's been happening pretty frequently. Lately, and they've allowed the first goal in the last five games and nine of the last ten, which we went over yesterday. So, you know, not getting scored on first would be uh, would be a win, and maybe they won't be uh, you know chasing the game and you know having poor puck management. Those are all the things Rick Bonus talked about in today's uh, you know media availability. Yeah, a, a, a great start sure would be nice. Uh, the first goal would I think really help. Uh, I mean, this team has just been playing from behind and playing catch up so much as of late. Um, you know, you do wonder what a good start and actually a little bit of success on the scoreboard, as opposed to a few good shifts, might be able to uh, to do for uh, for the team tonight. As far as this game goes, um, Connor Hellebuck was in the starter's net this morning. Um, love this decision. These games are too important right now. Rick Bonus said every game's a playoff game right now. Well, you're not playing your backup goalie in playoff games. Worry about what happens down the road. Give them some extra rest. If you are given that luxury right now, they need to win. Connor Hallibuck gives them a better chance to win. Daily faceoff has Ivan Prasvetov as the unconfirmed starter right now. Oh, really? I will believe that when I see it, because as you laid out, I think most Jet fans are assuming it'll be Carl Vimelka, who has certainly played some incredible hockey against the Winnipeg Jets. And um, there's always, I'm sure SK's in the chat right now going, we might be catching a break right now. Um, but regardless if it's a guy, Prisvedov, that I don't even know who he is, a lot of people didn't know who Joel Hoffer was on Sunday, and he had a shutout against the Winnipeg Jets in what is fourth or fifth NHL start and second of the year. So this is a time for this team to step up. We're going to get to that with uh, Craig, with Mike, as well as um, hear from Rick Bonus. But let's get to those lines, Reem. And, uh, you know, 
I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised that, you know, there wasn't a bit more of a shakeup right now from this morning, courtesy of Scott Billick, who was at the skate in the AM down at the yes and down at the rink. Shifley with Connor and Niederreiter. And then Dubois, Ehlers and Wheeler, Lowry, Appleton and Vlad Nemetsnikov, and Morgan Barron with Steny and Saku Menelainen on the fourth line. And the defense pairings, as they've been, Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan Pionk, Samberg, and Schmidt. And as I mentioned, Connor Hellebuck getting the start for the Winnipeg Jets tonight in a massive game against Arizona. Yeah, I'm, you know, for a lineup that's like struggled to score lately and, you know, for what we're not really sure what has happened here, but I was kind of surprised they haven't uh, switched And we've talked about over the last, what, day or so, or the last bit, you know, Connor Dubois and Ehlers playing so well together. And with Dubois back, he thought maybe they would go to that. Uh, Ehlers and Nemestikov uh, have played pretty well. But, you know, again, I, we hopped, we were getting on Ehlers back, you know, the last. What, uh, it was last week or week and a half, and in his last eight games, he's about point per game. The guys who haven't really been going are Kyle Connor and Mark Shafley, and those guys have also been on the on the ice for a lot of, you know, more goals against than goals for, and, you know, I don't know if, you know, continuing to play them on a line when they keep getting scored on um, is optimal. So uh, we'll see. They, they're the coaches. They know, and uh, we'll have to see how it goes tonight. Going back to the Welsh, Connor Shafley, Nidar, Ehlers, Dubois, Wheeler. So... Um, I don't know yeah, if it doesn't I, work, I, you know, maybe I, they go to switch it up, but, you know, for a line that was working, you know, Ehlers, Dubois, Connor, I don't know why you wouldn't want to give that one a shot. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. We'll actually hear from uh, Rick Bonus and see what he's got to say about that coming up. Just a quick note, I just looked up this Ivan Prisvedov. Yeah. Uh, he's played the majority of this season with Tucson. And in Tucson, he was okay. He had a 306 goals against average, 16, 13, and 4, a 900 save percentage. But his numbers with the Coyotes, three games, a 167 goals against average, and a 952 save percentage oh, right oh, now. Man. So oh. <laughs> this better not be Vimelka part two tonight, folks, uh, when, when things get going. That being said, you look at all of his numbers, he's definitely due for a regression to the mean tonight. And if it is the young Russian goaltender for the Arizona Coyotes, the Jets know what they're going to need to do. Get pucks on net. Get in front of the net. Don't make it easy for him the way Joel Hoffer had a uh, pretty, pretty stress-free 33-save shutout on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you can. I would love to add, uh, Pros, or would not love to add Prosvedov to the list of goalies the Jets have made look awesome in the last month with Flurry, James Reimer, who gave up a ton last night in a great game versus Edmonton. Oh, who that else gave Who else did I? Who else on this list? Yeah, Hofer. Uh, there's a couple others. Sorry. But one thing about goalie goaltenders, um, like when is David Riddich going to get into a game? Or does he play Thursday against Anaheim? Does he play Tuesday against San Jose? I guess Friday against Detroit? Because I don't think he's playing Saturday against LA. That, you know, Saturday afternoon. So which one were you putting in Redditch here? Or is he is he we'll done for the a, year? We'll see you in April, Dave. We'll <laughs> see you in April. If, I mean, if it's me, yeah. I'm riding Connor Hellebuck right now. I, I mean, as we said, there's no back to backs. They're playing tonight, they're playing Thursday afternoon game on Saturday against the Kings 
two days off a game against the Sharks, two days off game against Detroit. Like it would be it would be great if the Jets had the luxury of giving Connor Hellebuck some extra and added rest. I don't think they do right now. And with the fact of the matter that this team has been shut out in two of their last three games, um, they need to keep their goals against down as much as humanly possible until this team is starting to feel it again offensively. If I'm Rick Bonus, I don't have the confidence that that is happening right now. Hopefully that will change very soon. But to me, when you look at the way the schedule runs out, um, I know he played in those back-to-back games on the weekend, but you've got five games over the course of the next 11, 12 days. To me, it's Hellebuck time. Um, I guess if they had a big game tonight or if maybe he was busy, you might consider going with Dave against Anaheim. But honestly, and this is just my opinion, I'm interested in yours, I think this is way too crucial of a time and I keep on rolling out what Calgary has at the end of the season. Now, we'll see what happens with them tonight against the Ducks and over these next few games. But I think there is an opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets if they can take advantage of this schedule, get on a roll, put up some wins. Depending on what happens with Calgary and Anaheim over the next, or the uh, Calgary and Nashville over the next 10 to 12 days, they might be in a position in April to feel comfortable with their playoff spot and give Connor Hellebuck a little bit of time off. But until that happens, he's too damn important to this team to have him sitting on the bench in a game that you absolutely have to have. And this game tonight and the game at Anaheim, in my opinion, are absolutely games you need to do everything you can to give yourself the best chance to win because of the situation the team's in right now in the standings. Yeah, I think you got to feel good about the two days off in between games next week and you know, maybe if the Jets win and, uh, you know, Calgary and Nashville lose. I mean, it is the Ducks. They've been, although I think they have a better record than the Jets since January, January 17, even yeah. if, uh, you know, even if overall they're a bottom team on the season and looking towards the lottery. But they are must-win games, and, you know, Hellbuck is your MVP, or you can debate him and Morrissey, but um, he's, you know, top goalie in the league, and they need him to win games. so. I guess keep them keep them going, and you know you do benefit the two days off. Just looking to April, you know you, you have the back to back April ten and eleven. You do have two, a two another two days off in between games, um, in between games that first week of April. You know two three here they are on the screen. Sorry, podcast listeners, but there is that back to back the ten and eleven. Maybe you play them against uh, the show, you know the Wild and Avalanche at the end of the year if you've got that playoff spot locked in. So. Maybe you're right, and we don't see Riddich for a while. We'll put it this way. I think that, I mean, to your point, that if we don't see him on Thursday, yeah, Dave will see him in April. I mean, I think that's the way that it is. I mean, there, there, there's enough rest in between these games. There's no back-to-backs. And the Jets' goal has to be first to clinch their playoff spot, but to get it done early enough that in that final week of the regular season, they can give Connor Hellebuck a night off or two. Uh, they're not there yet. And tonight it's about putting their best foot forward, playing well in front of him, scoring a few goals, playing a bit better defensively, showing some energy, showing some fight. Um, Those are all things that I'm really hoping that we see tonight when uh, we get down to Canada Life Centre for this. All right, we're going to hear from Rick Bonus in a minute. Um, Just before we do that, got to give a big holler out to our friends over at Manitoba Battery. 
Folks, if you're in need of a battery for your car, your truck, or even that summer toy you're working on this winter or getting ready to start diving into as we get into the spring, Manitoba Battery is the most convenient and well-priced option in the city, and you'll be shopping local. No more waiting for a parking spot in Costco, waiting in line at Canadian Tire, or spending money on a battery at the big box stores. They're basically the Amazon of batteries here because they will deliver it to you citywide. If you order by lunch hour or even the beginning of Winnipeg Sports Talk, anywhere in the city in two to four hours for less than you'd be paying at the big box stores for the same battery. It really is that simple. Give them a buzz at 783-8787 or go onto their great website. You can order online as well at manitobabattery.com. And let Manitoba Battery bring that battery to you, letting you keep your uh, focus and spend your time doing more important things while they take care of powering your operation. Manitoba Battery, again, uh, over on Logan Avenue, 1026, if you want to pop by and see Donnie and his great staff and online at manitobabattery.com. We uh, a little bit nicer out today. Getting warmer. Soon we might even crack the zero and start getting the snow out of here. Can't tell you, though. Joe Spicy and the gang at Consolidated Supply are ready for spring. They are the irrigation experts and artificial turf experts in Winnipeg and Manitoba, working with all the golf courses in and around Manitoba. And what they do for the golf courses, they can do for you and your property as well. Talk to them about great irrigation options for your lawn. Maybe you're thinking about putting that dream putting green in the backyard or have other needs for artificial turf. They've got you covered there as well. And while you're thinking about that backyard, check out their spas and hot tubs or amazing outdoor kitchen options as well. Not to mention the go-to guys for small engine parts, small engine repair and supply. It's all there for you. They are open to the public at their great headquarters, 1395 Niagara Road East, or check them out online at their fully revamped website at cte.ca. Big thanks to Consolidated Supply. Don't forget, gang, we're still welcoming in nominations for the March Unsung Hero for the community with our great partners at Wallace & Wallace and Jets defenseman Josh Morrissey. What we need from you, let us know about your community Unsung Hero, that person in your life or in your area that's going above and beyond with service, helping others, whether it be through charity work, volunteering, uh, including within minor sports programs, or maybe just being that go-to person that always seems to be helping out neighbors and others in need. Send us an email, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. We will uh, award an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey to this month's Unsung Hero. Wallace & Wallace will make a $500 donation to the Dream Factory in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that nominated the Unsung Hero. And better yet, Josh and Margot Morrissey, you're going to match that 500 as well for the Dream Factory. Again, send us that community hero in your life to unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. And just before we get to Bones, uh, of course, Vita Health Fresh Market, busy, busy right now as we get into spring. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, groceries, beauty products, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too, Vita Health Fresh Market is the place you need to go. Guys, with spring just around the corner, allegedly, 
Get ready for it with Ultimate Male Energy, formulated specifically for men over 35. Ultimate Male Energy is designed to help improve testosterone production, reduce excess body fat, build muscle tissue, maintain prostate health, and more. It's on sale today at Vita Health. And if you can't make it down to any of the seven Vita Health stores, visit their website to buy online. Local delivery is now available. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. All right, Craig Button coming up, Mike McIntyre a little later on. But let's hear what Rick Bonus had for the assembled media today after an interesting morning skate. Scott Billick was down there, said that it was relatively quiet. There was some frustration. They did practice the power play, uh, but Bones started off by really going back to a common theme we've heard that his hockey team needs to manage the puck better. We, we need to manage the puck. We can't be careless with the puck. We need to uh, have everyone on the same page. You know, if you go back, uh, what I think it was January 15th, we were, what, best winning percentage in the, in the conference. Middle of February, we were one point out of first. We've let it slide. A lot of it has to do, uh, we have not managed the puck well, which is affecting our goals for, goals for, and we're not managing the puck well, which is affecting our goals against. So we've got to get back to managing the puck a lot better at the blue lines, managing the puck better in the offensive zone so that we have better support on the puck. If you watch in St. Louis, how many times we went in the corner back and forth one-on-one, -on -one, well, they've got a big defense that's just going to knock us off the puck and go, and that's what was happening so we've got to do a better job of when we spend time in their zone like we did in Nashville that everyone's on the same page and we're making better puck decisions but it's when you bring that puck up high and you turn it over and then the scramble's on because as the forward comes up we want our active D going down and uh, yeah it was it was it was careless in St. Louis. All right, there's Rick Bonus um, uh, lamenting some of the puck management decisions of his hockey club in St. Louis. Very clearly, it needs to be better. One of the other things this team needs to do right now, especially considering their current predicament, is play with a lot more consistency. And here's an interesting question and answer from Murata Tesh of The Athletic to Bones about whether they're getting enough consistency from the majority of his team. But one of the things that surprised me was, you know, over the last 10 games, Arizona's three top scorers have more goals than your entire top nine. And um, I'm wondering, you know, are you getting enough consistency from them? I mean, obviously not with the scoring, but in terms of that puck management, are they being good enough right now? Uh, we're not managing. The, that's the guilty of the whole team, so I'm not going to pinpoint one or two guys. Arizona's like St. Louis. Like, they're, they're playing loose. They're going for it. You see how many times St. Louis is trying to look for breakaways, home run passes, and why not? They're trying to score goals, get points, get a job for next year. These are the toughest teams to play against when there's, they're way out of it. And now it's it's survival and try to get points and get a, get a new contract or keep your job next year. So uh, that goes back to us making sure that we're playing the, we're playing the right way we're managing the puck the right way we keep our structure we keep our discipline uh in terms of our positional play and we're going to have to make them play in their zone a lot more so the o's even the ozone time in st louis was good enough but when we got careless that's when they were 
they were getting out. We just have to manage that puck a lot better in the ozone tonight. And again, making sure that our D, our D took some gambles the other night that in St. Louis um, that they normally don't take. Um, so we we talked to the, D, the team about all that stuff this morning, to not to play careless hockey because it, it's easy to play careless hockey when the opposition is just going right. They're playing loose, nothing to lose, and if you get in that type of game, uh, it, there's danger signs written all over it. So our our, our our top guys they'll get scoring. We get we stay back to that 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 game play. You go back to the Minnesota game we lost here. I know, but we spent so much time in their zone. We had so many great A's. The, the puck didn't go in. Flurry was outstanding. We need to play that way, not get frustrated that the goalie's having a, and a, a really good night. That's going to happen. But we can't, we can't get into this loose, careless hockey running gun with teams that have nothing to lose. All right. Pretty extended answer from Bones and very clear what the, uh, the theme was to his hockey club at the morning skate today, heading into tonight's game. Scott Billick popped in and asked, um, there's an exchange from Billick with Bones about you know how he believes that he can get that consistency out of this team that has been lacking. Well, what gives you belief right now that your team can find the consistency that you're not finding at the moment? I believe we will. Well, let's put it this way. Here's what we talked about this morning. You ask us, do you want to make the playoffs? That's just it's a pretty simple question. You're Regardless of what you say, your body actions, your play dictates how badly you want to make the playoffs. It's how that's what decides if you how you play will dictate how badly do you want to make the playoffs. That's what it comes down to. We talked about that this morning. So the analytics and take all that stuff aside. Um, you're, you're, how hard you play the game and playing the right way, every shift will dictate how badly you want to make the playoffs. I, mean, I assume that um, Sunday's game wasn't what you would want to see then in terms of no. that, that bodily whatever. No, but you know, that's it's, we come out of the gates great. Um, we had four or five really good shots, had net presence, we hit the post. We need that to go in just to, get, to keep momentum. They come down in our zone, and again, we're giving up the first goal because we were careless. So maybe that we got to come out like we did against St. Louis, but not get careless and not let up because these teams are loose and not give them the easy first goal that we've been giving up. You know, that was another interesting back and forth with Bones and, and Billick. And I'll say this, it comes back to one of the topics that, you know, was more or less the theme of yesterday's show. How bad do you want it? And, um, Rick Bonus spoke to that right there. We'll find out a lot more about this team tonight and how they're able to respond to that loss when they drop the puck at 7 o'clock at Canada Life Centre. All eyes will be on a number of players at the top of the lineup that have not been producing. Talked a lot about Mark Shifley in the post-game shows here in Winnipeg and yesterday on the show. Kyle Connor is also in an incredible funk for a guy that scored 47 goals last year. Uh, Bones you know, talked about how he can try to coach Kyle Connor through this slump that um, has extended far longer than I think anybody expected. Yeah, we, I showed him some clips the other day. I, I think when a player gets frustrated, they start forcing the play, and they get way ahead of the play. And then they're not getting the puck. Um, 
they're not getting the puck where they should be getting it. They're too far ahead of the play. He, so if you get pay, a little more patient and not get frustrated and you come back and you're just a little more patient, you're going to get the puck at, at the right time so you can use your speed. He's getting the puck sometimes. He's frustrated. He leaves early. He's way ahead of everyone because of his incredible skating ability and there's nowhere to go. So by just being a little more patient behind the scene, get the puck in full stride and then he'll be more effective. And he, he's, he had a really good game in, in, in Nashville. Now, there was no results from it, but he had a really good game in Nashville. So uh, that's what, so the coaching, that's what we're trying to build on with him. Just, just be a little more patient because some of these great skaters, if they take off too early, they're so far ahead of the play, right? They get there quicker than even they want. Uh, so we're just trying to get him to be a little more patient and put himself in a position, read the play so that when um, the puck carrier has it, he's getting it at the right time, at the right speed, so he can make more plays and use his skating, and then he's going to be able to get more shots off the wing. There's bones on Kyle Connor. Part of me thinks Rima was to hammer like a multi-goal prop on KFC because at some point it's going to go for him. And, you know, hopefully it'll start coming in bunches. Scott Billick, as we kind of touched on in the first uh, bit, was down at the rink this morning and mentioned that it seemed very quiet um, for the Winnipeg Jets at the morning skate. And um, he asked bones if there was anything to make from an apparent lack of intensity at the morning skate. Here's what the head coach had to say to Scott. I've seen fantastic morning skates and there were duds at night and I've seen terrible morning skates and they played really, really well. So I, I don't worry too much about the morning skate. I, as you know me, I'd, I'd cancel them all. Some of these guys like to skate. Um, it's what you do during the, when the puck drops tonight. So, you know, some guys want to go and handle the puck. Um, that's fine. That's fine. All right, so there's Rick Bonus. And one more from the coach that we wanted to get to, and this has already been a topic in the chat for the better part of the last 20 minutes. Jets have given up the first goal in the last 9 of 10 many times early in the game. Um, and Bones was asked if there's a correlation between some of the puck management issues, if you want to call it chasing the game, the issues that they've had because they always seem to be, at least in the last 10 games, playing from behind. Yeah, we came out of the gates great. We we're making good plays and had good chances. So um, we, we went through this well, earlier. After, after, after the good chances and after the good it's, chances. It's responding better. It's, yeah, that's what I mean. We got careless. Well, now you got to buckle. You got to buckle down here and get going again. And uh, we talked about that after the period. They're going to score. You can't go into a shell or change the way you're playing every time they score a goal. We got to keep playing the same way that we started those first four minutes and we didn't. All right, so there's Rick Bonus. Uh, pretty talkative Bones today, or Remo. I mean, often you know we'll hear thoughtful and extended comments from Rick at times, but usually game days after the morning skate, not always that spot. Um, it was interesting, but I certainly appreciated the lengths that he went to uh, sort of explain his challenges right now and what he's hoping to see from his team. To use a Kenny and Rennie term, Bones really went to the buffet uh, more than usual when it comes to responding. And he got some tough ones. Uh, Marat just slogging the Jets' top six scoring and comparing it to Arizona's over top the last nine. Two, sorry, top there... nine. <laughs> top nine. Oh, my, it's even worse. And comparing to Arizona's top three. Billick asking him, why do you think this team will get consistency after what we've seen for the last two months here? Um some tough ones, and he was prepared and stood there. And someone in the chat uh, said, "Why are we, 
watching this man get tortured here. <laughs> just enjoying all everyone's. Yes, that's part of the comments. job. Yeah, part, part of the I, job, and um, you know, certainly he's been. Listen, Rick Bonus has been through so much over his incredible career on NHL benches. Um, I'm sure he's seen situations like this before. Now, can he fix it tonight? There's a lot on his shoulders, but um, it'll be the players that determine what happens this evening and the rest of the way. Um, all right, Mike McIntyre is going to join us. Craig Button will pop on later on in the program. Very interesting conversation with Craig, kind of talking about the play to the team right now. And obviously, he was doing the uh, the analysis for TSN on the Sunday game. Uh, but just before we get to Mike... Huge shout-out to our friends at Royal Sports. Whether you are a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, another NHL team, or maybe an international soccer guy or a big Blue Jays fan, Royal Sports has the best selection anywhere of licensed merchandise that you'll find. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets gear, including many exclusives. Same goes for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers section. And the biggest selection when it comes to the National Hockey League, National Football League, MLB, NBA, Raptors, Jays, and of course, international soccer. Uh, but so much more than just licensed merch. The biggest hockey department, um, skate sharpening, right to full goalie equipment. Huge savings on sticks as well right now, getting towards the end of the season. Just about getting ready to bring the bikes out. And, of course, snowboards, boots, bindings, just in time for spring break as well. Pop down and see it for yourself, 750 Pemina Highway, and follow Royal Sports on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um, speaking of wardrobes, although in a very different department, guys, how's your menswear looking as we get to spring and summer? Um, weddings coming up, big events for your family or business. If you need to up your wardrobe game, one stop at F Apparel will take care of all of that. Uh, custom suits beginning at just 400 bucks, and made-to-fit clothing, including chinos, golf pants, dress shirts, both tucked and untucked, all there for you at F Apparel, along with the incredible selection of men's accessories to make you look top shelf. Pop down and see him. Get fitted out. The entire process for the suits is a breeze. Michael Remus and I have both done it recently. And uh, a few weeks later, you'll have a great custom suit. Don't forget, guys, if you're in a wedding party, 15% off for the entire wedding party when you get your suits at F Apparel. If you have a 2023 high school grad in the fam, take the young man down to F Apparel. Get him a new custom suit to graduate into that next stage of life. F Apparel will throw in a free custom shirt and tie valued at 150 bucks. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown. Make an appointment or check them out online at F, that's EPHapparel.com. And just before we bring in Mike, big game tonight, one home game, and then it's back on the road Thursday and Saturday in Anaheim and L.A. No better spot to get together with your gang to watch the Winnipeg Jets than Boston Pizza. Pick a player contest for the Winnipeg Jets games at most games. Always big screen. Always big sound for the game. And you can always count on world-famous Boston's wings, gourmet pizzas, ice-cold schooners, and more. And hey, if you're staying home, you can always get the great taste of BP delivered hot and ready to your door 
at bostonpizza.com. All right, Craig Button still to come. Let's bring in Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, what's going on? How are you? Doing well, Huss. Uh, currently on vacation here in uh, rainy Las Vegas. I haven't been able to say that much over my lifetime, but uh, they've been getting rain here for the last, uh, not nothing too big, but folks don't know what to do with themselves when it rains here in Sin City. Of course, it's been raining on the Winnipeg Jets parade uh, lately as well, and been interesting over the last few days. Jeff Hamilton was on the road trip, so I've kind of been following the team from afar here, but uh, sounds like things are, are not going all that well back in uh, in the hometown. Um, the angst is palpable, even uh, a few thousand miles away, as I currently am right now. Well, listen, I mean, it speaks to just how important all of these games are, because I'll be honest with you, Mike. I mean, if we'd had a show, uh, if, if the Sunday game was on Monday, for instance, and we'd gone into Monday's show talking about the game on Saturday against the Nashville Predators, I mean, we'd still be talking about a team that's having tough time scoring goals, but I think we'd talk about the way they carried the play of the game against, granted, a diminished Nashville yeah. team. Roman Yossi missed the second half of the game. But, I mean, they, they were going up against a world-class goalie in, in uh, uh, Saros. And, you know, they tie the game. They go back down very shortly afterwards, which must have been incredibly frustrating for Rick Bonus from the bench. But it was Adam Lowry doing exactly what the coach has been hammering on. Get in front of the net, get a dirty goal, bang in a rebound. That is what happened. And we jokingly said, or I said to the guys that I was uh, hanging with on Sunday before the game, that Rick Bonus should just have that clip on a loop in the dressing room going into the game. A little did I know how prophetic that would be because there was none of that. And uh, Joel no. Hoffer, the Winnipeg native, um, a shutout in the start and a pretty easy shutout, despite what the shot clock would have told you. It can change the attitude, the mood around the city. The fan base certainly can change every day. But this is, without a doubt, crunch time for the Winnipeg Jets. And I look at this game tonight at home against the Coyotes. I look at the game on Thursday against the Anaheim Ducks as games that if the Winnipeg Jets are going to even be competing in the postseason, they absolutely have to have, regardless of the Flames getting their asses kicked the way they did last night by the LA Kings. Yeah, I think at one point we called this a turtle derby, a tricycle race, whatever it is. I mean, both, uh, well, the Jets, the Flames, and I guess to a lesser degree, the Predators, um, nobody seems to really be wanting to to seize the opportunity that's right there on a tee in front of them. And so, yeah, the Jets have been getting some help on the out-of-town scoreboard. They certainly helped themselves, as you say, Haas, by coming back to at least get two points. They weren't two clean points. The Preds got the one, of course. But, you know, that goal by Adam Lowry, like that might have been a season saver because if the Jets had lost clean in Nashville, um, you know, things look even even more dire today than than they do. Allow me to offer, I guess, a little bit of perspective and – you know, if we had gone back six games ago, just prior to the Jets heading into Florida, when you looked at the six-game block that was on deck, and that was they were going to play six in the next nine um, with two sets of back-to-backs on the road, Florida-Tampa last weekend, and then, of course, uh, the, the two back-to-back games this past weekend. 
and, you know, Carolina as well to finish off that road trip and then the one-off at home against Boston. If you had said to Jets fans, whatever it is now, nine, ten days ago, that if you could go three and three in that six game in nine day block against those opponents, five of six on the road, I, I think most people would have said, hey, that's actually pretty good. Certainly, it, it, it's not 0 and 6 or 1 and 5, which, you know, had the team gone 0 and 6 or 1 and 5, they'd actually be outside a playoff spot as they sit here today. So I know folks feel like the sky is falling. I think a little perspective. And yeah, the last performance on Sunday certainly leaves a bad taste in the mouth. All of which is saying this, Huss. They got 11 games left. The schedule now for the next few anyways, and and I'm not counting L.A. on Saturday. That'll be a tough game, of course. But of the next four games between the Coyotes, the Ducks, and the Sharks, they got to get points. They got to get results. And I suppose it's a little disconcerting to hear Rick Bonus talk today about, you know, the Blues and how they play and kind of say that those are the most dangerous teams to play right now. Like the coach didn't exactly sound like he's completely confident in his group right now that they're going to come out tonight against the Coyotes and do what you'd expect to be done. And of course, the Coyotes have been playing some pretty good hockey lately, all of which is to say the Jets got to find a way to get two points tonight. And if they don't, I mean, they they are you know, shooting themselves in the foot and, and they control their fate, but the the room for for error, the margin for error is getting slimmer with each passing game. And so I'm curious to see how this team responds tonight against, as Rick Bonus said, a, a dangerous opponent in the sense that they got nothing to play for. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, they've won four in a row. They're 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10. They've been garbage on the road, but they have a really good home record. And yeah. We were throwing out some theories as to why that might be, sort of reminding me when Vegas came into the league a couple of years ago. But this is no longer about, oh, who the Jets are playing. This is more about what Jets team shows up and plays, Mike. And, I, I mean, I don't want to get back into basically the entire topic we had yesterday, but this team will as go as far as their top players take them. and. Sure. I thought Connor Hellebuck prevented, I mean, although the shots on goal doesn't look like much with 17, I mean, some of the saves that he had to make amongst the ones that didn't go in the net were, put it this way, far more than the other guy was getting in the other net with a lot more more of the um, uh, perimeter stuff. Shifley, Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, all of these players have really needed to step up. And Nikolai Ehlers has been more effective lately scored a huge goal to break that scoring drought after over a hundred minutes against a a Nashville. But I wanted to ask you about Ehlers, the frustration that he showed, the spark that he showed though, as well to stand up for himself in that fight. Um, And the lack of real pushback from the rest of the club right now. I mean, what did you think when you saw that and what were you expecting going into the third? I'm interested to ask Craig button that a little later on, but um, I thought that that might be a point that was a real rallying point for a team in a game that was so important. And I personally, I mean, was, and I'm sure the coaches were too, somewhat disappointed with what we saw from the Jets in that third period. It didn't seem to have much effect at all. It didn't. And, you know, I go back to something Rick Bonus said right at the beginning of the year, and 
you know, we talked about the pledge or the mission statement, whatever you will, that the team signed. Rick Bonus, you know, from day one said, you, 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 run, you take a run at one of us or you come after one of us, yep. you come after all of us. And for the longest time, that really seemed to be the way this team operated. Um, they were greater than the sum of their parts. And don't forget, you know, they had a lot of parts out of the lineup at one point. It didn't matter the way this team played, the way they were there for each other, you know, the puck support, the the physical support. And you're right, Haas, you look, you know, you, ha- you don't have to look any further. Nick Ehlers doesn't drop the gloves very often. And to be frank, he got his ass kicked the other day by, by Braden Shen. And you, you think, you know, when one of your skill players – whether it's frustration or whatever the case is, but when he's, you know, literally taking matters into his own hands and that doesn't get the, the spark that you'd expect that, that is supposed to be part of the DNA of this club. That's concerning. And, you know, again, I wasn't down at Canada life center being uh, on vacation here in Vegas this morning, Hus, but just reading the transcript of Rick bonus's comments, isn't it interesting that some of the same themes that became so apparent towards the end of last year, albeit under, well, two different coaches last year, but we're now hearing some of the same messaging again. He, he, Rick Bonus, this is his quote today. We need to have everyone on the same page. I thought they were all on the same page. That was the whole, that was the whole idea this season. And remember last year, all the talk we started hearing when things started going south about guys pulling in different directions, not being on the same page. And I guess the question now, Haas, and I don't have the answer, and I I don't know that Rick Bonus does either. Why is this group constantly not on the same page? You know, you can change the coaches, different circumstances, different seasons, but it keeps coming back to kind of the same core issues. And I guess the word core maybe is what a lot of people point to, right? That there's been a a constant about this group for years now. And, you know, through the highs and the lows, some of the same things start to creep in over the course of a long season. You know, Mike, it's something that, you know, we've spoken about extensively with yourself, with our other guests, myself and Michael. And I mean, I think it, you know, that's certainly a bigger conversation that has been frankly happening for the last couple of years. And I think that we're probably getting to some conclusion of that core being the core of the Winnipeg Jets. But as far as right now goes, just with this final 11 games, trying to get some things going offensively, how surprised are you that, now that Pierre-Luc Dubois is back, that Dubois is not playing with Kyle Connor. Um, right now, it looks like it's going to be Ehlers, Dubois, Wheeler, Connor, Shifley, Niederreiter, the same group that got benched, the same group that had no shots on goal, or at least Connor and Shifley, up until the goalie was pulled at the end of the game against St. Louis. I mean, I- I'm a little bit surprised. I was first surprised that it took so long to get Nikolai Ehlers back on that number one power play unit. Obviously, what they were unable to do, I think, really took a lot of momentum out of the sales after uh, the Stenland double minor or the double minor from Tory Krug to Stenland. Um, right. But just speak on that for a minute because 
it kind of seems like right now they continue beating their head against a wall without changing some things that would be relatively easy to change or at least see if you're going to get different results. Yeah, and, you know, Kyle Connor, he, he can be such a difference maker, such a game breaker, and it's so clear right now that he's just – he's lost. Um, and it's making – you know, Kyle Connor is never going to be a Selkie Trophy winner – um, but his defensive deficiencies, if you will, were certainly much more palatable for fans. And I imagine the team as a whole when he was filling the other net, but he's not doing that at all now. And so, you know, his play in his own end becomes even more magnified. And so to your point, I am shocked that Connor and Dubois are together because, um, you know, Kyle Connor, when he was having his 47-goal season last year, Pierre-Luc Dubois played no small part in that, right? And so if you're trying to get Connor going, and Dubois, of course, has missed you know a, a considerable stint of time here, just coming back this weekend, makes the great play, obviously, on the overtime winner in Nashville. Um, but I, I am surprised that those two aren't, aren't reunited. I'm also surprised, Huss, like if you had told me that Rick Bonus was going to take Blake Wheeler off the top power play unit, which he's now done. I look at the power play work that was done this morning, and Nikolai Ehlers is back to PP2. He's not on the top unit. Um, Shifley, Dubois, Connor, Niederreiter, Morrissey was that that top five. And then you've got Wheeler, Ehlers, Nemestikov, Pionk, and Schmidt. So you're right. I mean... There, there's certain things there. Earlier this year, Huss, the Jets rolled out a line of Dubois, Connor, Ehlers, which there's some underlying metrics to suggest that was the best line the Jets have had at any point this year. I'm kind of surprised they're not giving that another look at this point. Um, but again, it can't be about just trying to get one player going in Kyle Connor. And in Kyle Connor's defense, he's got lots of company, as you pointed out. There aren't too many guys that are going well right now. And that is, you know, severely impacting a Jets team that once again is having trouble scoring. And they're also having trouble defending. And that's a terrible combination. Um, you know, they've been shut out in two of their last three. Um, so will the leash be short tonight? Like, does Rick Bonus have some other tricks up his sleeve if he doesn't like what he sees in the first period, you better hope so because um, I guess the worst thing for the Jets would be a coach who's essentially out of out of solutions. Um, Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Mike, what do you make of Shifley's situation right now? And, and, I'll, and I'll preface this with saying we, on this program, going into Florida – you needed a more engaged group of players, and I really thought he was, certainly in that Florida game and the Tampa game as well. And then follow that up with what the coaches and most people said was the best team game of the year, or of the road trip against Carolina, which coincided with he and his line mates being benched for 12 minutes. Um, I mean, I guess the Boston game, they did some better things. They were certainly in the game, couldn't score. Um, and then... Put it this way, I, I was thinking to myself on Sunday that if Bonus hadn't played his benching card against the Canes, 
and maybe this game had a little bit of less of important, was a little less desperate, he might have done something like that again. Um, right. Yeah. It makes sense of this for me for a guy that is the number one center that is so talented and is so important for the Winnipeg Jets to win on a consistent basis. You know, I thought Darren Drager actually kind of summed it up the other day. I don't know if you saw the the, the piece he did on uh, that's hockey. I think it was a, I think it was yesterday actually, where he said um, he appears to have lost his spark and. You know, Darren Drager wouldn't say something like that lightly. Um, and it was interesting that he followed that up with why that's up for Mark Shifley to figure out. And that sounds like a much nicer way of saying something that you could probably say in a different way, which be would be quite an indictment of a player that's, that is so important as the leader and a number one guy on a team. For sure. And, you know, did the spark, is it just... You know, this season is starting to feel eerily familiar to Shifley, who we know was not a happy camper uh, when the going got tough last year. But again, even if that's the case, Huss, Mark Shifley has the power to do something about it. He's not hes not a fourth liner who's playing, you know, six minutes a game and, and you know, his, his ability to impact how the game goes is minimal. That's not the case at all. He's he's their top guy or one of their top guys. And so, you know, if there's frustration there, well, that's understandable, but then go out and do something about it because you're that good and you have that ability. And, you know, if Mark Shifley is checked out, that's, that's a very bad uh, situation to be clear and, you know, I, I don't know, like, what, what more can a coach do? He's, he's played the benching card, like you said. Um, he's, you know, he was given another chance, I think, today, Haas, to kind of throw Shifley and maybe a couple other players under the bus. Rick Bonus didn't take the bait. He said, I'm not going to single out one or two guys. So, you know, there's, he's trying to obviously, you know, protect or shelter in a way like there's tough love and then there's there's that I just don't know that the coach right now and maybe the organization as a whole is has all that great of an idea as to why things are going the way they are and why this has a a deja vu feeling to it but um you know there's 11 games left and Mark Shifley starting tonight can maybe flip the script a little bit if if we see a much more engaged Shifley. And, you know, again, he's the kind of guy that should be able to drag some of his teammates into the battle as well. And we just haven't seen that, not nearly consistent enough. Well, I mean, Josh Morrissey did that famously in the St. Louis game at the yes. end of January when these first real struggles were sort of rearing their heads and it calmed things down a little bit going into that extended break and they won a couple coming out of it. And then... It sort of came back again. I, I, I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, you don't want to sound like you're just fun of focusing in on picking on a guy, but I mean, we know the importance of this player to the team. And when things are when things are going well offensively, you look at the guys that are the top offensive players. And Mike, against the St. Louis Blues, he played 1750 at even strength, 320 on the power play, 
and had no shots on goal. I mean, that that in itself, I mean, we can talk about other things that happened in the game and penalties. I, I mean, if you're the guy that's getting the most ice time, the most opportunity in the most op- in the in the most important position, you simply have to be better and I am with you. I think Rick Bonus has tried a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. It was the tougher love earlier on that worked, but I think you've got the law of diminishing returns on that. And I think he's been very careful not to bring out the bazookas at some of these players because I think he's worried about what will happen going forward. Um, there's no doubt, though, there's going to be a huge spotlight on Shifley and Connor in this game tonight and going forward because... Um, you know, you, you can include a couple of other guys there, obviously the goaltender at the top of the list. But as these guys go, the team goes, and it's a huge part not to pin it all on a few guys right now, but um, that would be at the top of the list as to why the Jets are in the predicament that they are right now going into this huge game against the Coyotes. Yeah, and I mean, let's not forget Mark Shifley for all that, you know, we've talked about maybe some of his play lately he's still sitting on his next goal will be a new career high you know he needs two for 40 and he should get there like there's been a lot to like about his game this season as a whole and certainly when things were going well Mark Shifley was right up there along with you know the Morrisseys and the Hellebucks is the reasons why and fair or not when things aren't going well he's got to shoulder a larger burden for that. I mean, that just comes with the territory of being among the highest paid, among the highest played, um, and, and among the best producing players on the team. So, you know, Mark Shifley, you would think, would have everything to play for right now. Um, we know how frustrated he was last year at the way things ended, and this was a fresh start. And for the longest time, the Jets looked like a team that was taking advantage of that fresh start. As Rick Bonus reminded media today, you just have to go back, you know, six, seven weeks. And the Jets were right there, you know, in in the West fighting for number one. Um, Now they're fighting just to squeak in the playoffs as a number eight seed. So things have changed in a hurry. Um, Fortunately for Shifley, and his teammates, they they aren't out of runway yet. Um, and so let's see what they can do starting tonight. But if things continue down the path that they've been going for the last few weeks, um, <clears throat> there's going to be obviously even more questions being raised regarding, you know, Shifley and the core and the long-term direction of this organization and those questions are only going to get louder in the coming weeks. You know, Mitch uh, Mitch is in chat um, of uh, WHT and had sent me something after game 67, which was interesting. And it was sort of a breakdown of Kyle Connor's season, where the goals had come against, what teams they'd come against. Um, and it was pretty clear that, I mean, if you really do want to break it down, there maybe has been a little bit more feasting on the bottom teams in the league which might be a great thing going into this week because that's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets have on the plate. Right. Um, but listen, I mean, a lot of people, myself included, look directly at Shifley as a leader on this team, as an experienced veteran, number one center, and sort of think it starts with him. But 
I'll reverse the question. How much of the struggles that Shifley's having and that top line is having and the power play is having are because of the funk that Kyle Connor's in, in your opinion? Oh, for sure. There's a causation there, no question. Um, you know, because when the Jets are going well, I mean, and, and there's multiple weapons on the ice that any one of them can can come back to haunt you. <clears throat> you know, teams maybe aren't focusing as much on one individual player as they are, but and it opens up ice, it opens up opportunity, um, and that's just not there right now because other teams see what we're seeing, right? They they can you know strategize on how they're going to defend against the Jets, and so when a guy like Kyle Connor is stuck in neutral as he has been for a while here um attention then gets diverted to other players and so i'm sure mark shifley's feeling you know increased heat increased pressure and look these guys you know they're paid to produce and when they're not producing i'm sure you know they put additional pressure on themselves as well and it just becomes a bit of a vicious cycle right a spiral if you will well, the Jets are kind of in that spiral, and it's one that for guys like Shifley and Connor feels eerily familiar. And, uh, you know, we know how it's ended in previous years. Can they get out of this spiral now and, and you know, get back on track? Certainly the schedule ahead of them would suggest that the opportunity is there. This team on paper should be better than what we've seen lately. Uh, but the game's not played on paper, it's played on ice. And so over to you, Mark Shifley and company, um, starting tonight. Uh, one more thing, Mike, before uh, we let you get back to Sin City and the tables and the uh, all the other debauchery, which I'm sure you're getting into there. Um, one other thing that's quite familiar is that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the pressure on the entire club is going to be on the shoulders of 37. Yeah. Hellebuck starting tonight, played in the back-to-backs. Remo asked me earlier on, I'm not sure we see Dave until April at some point. Um, tonight, it's yeah. Hellebuck. You could play Riddich against the Ducks on Thursday. You've got the Kings on Saturday, two days off. Sharks, two days off. Red Wings. Um, interested in what you think will happen with the co- uh, with the goaltending decisions. I mean, I just take bonus at his word. He goes, every game is a playoff game for us. Um, well, if you're in a playoff game, you're playing your best guys, whatever you, you got to take care of the future before you, the present, before you can get to the future. How do you think this plays out? Oh, I, I agree because I, I think at one point has had, had the last three games gone a little differently. If the jets weren't one and two in their last three, there was probably a good chance that um, Riddich plays tonight. That was my thinking. Or played um, against St. Louis if they had won those two games going sure. in. Sure. So if they, right, if the Jets had gone, if they beat Boston and then beat Nashville. Um, but I, I think even, even had they beat St. Louis the other night, if they had gone two and one, there's a good chance that we see Riddich tonight. And that might be the final breather for Hellebuck, you know, and then he gets the last 10 until and unless you know they're they're in a position where they can ease off the gas a bit uh, but once they lost the other night all bets are off and you know i think again as you point out with the schedule the way it is now um they there is enough break in there i don't believe there's there's 
no more back-to-backs now. Or there, I think there's, there's a back-to-back in the last week of the season. And right. they have a home it's, game against the Sharks, the final home game, game 80. And then Minnesota. The Minnesota, Minnesota the yeah. next night. And, and and listen, Calgary has their final. I've been going over this yesterday. Calgary's final seven games of the year are against six teams that are destined for the golf course and the draft lottery and the Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg, yeah. which which makes this next two weeks to me so incredibly important for the Winnipeg yeah. Jets. to There's an opportunity to build up their cushion, to not be playing right down to game 82. And if that is the case, then you can give Dave the game against the Minnesota Wild. Heck, can give him two if you want. Sure. But it, it has to happen now. And the door's wide open for that after what happened last night in Los Angeles. Um, but I'm sort of with you. Like, I don't think that they can afford to not no. have Hellebuck in the net right now with these incredible crucial points uh, with what they want to do to give him the opportunity to at some point actually get a rest after they've taken care of business, though. Well, and here, here's another thing that we haven't touched on, Huss, but if you're the Jets, like you're, you're trying to obviously fend off what's coming after you. And I, I guess we can include Nashville still in that mix, although, I mean, because they have the games in hand. Nashville's schedule is just absolutely hellacious. And, you know, we saw them get absolutely pumped the other night in, in, in New York. Um, I, I, you know, in theory, they're still there for sure. But if you're the Jets... <clears throat> You, you also have a chance to potentially pass Seattle here. Seattle's schedule is not easy either, and I think the Jets are within two now, although Seattle has a couple games in hand. But if you're the Jets, at the very least, if if finishing now in the top three is is perhaps unrealistic, at least grab wild card one if you can, because that adds an extra layer of insurance, if you will, that – you know, so even if Calgary and as you mentioned with their marshmallow schedule down the stretch, if they can make some serious hay, if you're the Jets, you're then hoping that well, if Calgary overtakes someone, maybe it would be Seattle and not us. Um, so you know that 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 makes this even more important in the coming days. And so the Jets have a chance tonight, depending what else happens on the out of town scoreboard, um, to at least get on even terms and points with the Kraken. And that could be a big deal as well uh, going forward. So you're right, though. The Jets, as much as they're watching what's happening elsewhere, what they really need to be focused on is what they're doing because with the way they've played in large stretches uh, at times lately, um, no out-of-town scoreboard help in the world can, can get them out of the funk that they appear to be in. That's on them. Yeah, well, and and it's interesting you bring up Seattle because uh, I've been, you know, obviously spending some time checking the schedules of every team, and their schedule is bizarre. And I think this comes with being the newest team in the league and trying to take a thirty-one team schedule and create a thirty-two team schedule. Right. But it reminds me of when the Jets got jammed into that Southeast Division. Yeah. Listen, so and, and I think we'll find out a, a lot about where Seattle is and whether what you just predicted is even a possibility coming out of this next road trip. They're in Dallas tonight. They then have the old, and this reminds me of the Jets caps, the back-to-back games in Nashville, Thursday against the Preds, Saturday against the Preds, and then a Monday game against Minnesota. Then they come back for five, six of their last nine at home, Ducks, Kings, Coyotes, 
at Vancouver, home to the Coyotes, home to the Blackhawks, at the Coyotes, and then you finish with a home-and-home with the Vegas Golden Knights, and we'll see what their situation is at the time right now. But there is the potential for Seattle to sort of start feeling the squeeze a little bit more than they have it, but a big part of how is how they handle this road trip after getting, well, I guess three points of their last 10, but they've been such a streaky team. They had five wins in a row before that and, of course, had that crazy road trip where they won all nine games, which I'm not sure had ever been done. So we'll see whether we're talking about Seattle right now. Obviously, the main focus, though, regardless of what everyone else does, the Jets do control their own destiny, but controlling that in a positive way starts with a win tonight. The uh, the Jets will hope that they those two games back-to-back, or not back-to-back, but over three days in Nashville, that gives the Kraken a lot of time to spend at Tootsie's. Uh, and uh, so we'll see what, what they look like coming out of that. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the onus is on Winnipeg. They still control their own situation. They're not reliant at this point on other teams having to do the dirty work for them. Um, but these next, you know, this next week is going to be so telling. Like, uh, it'd be interesting to, to see where we are in a week from now when you and I do our next chat, Haas, as the Jets go into that San Jose game um, <clears throat> and what they've managed to do between now and then because uh, – <clears throat> the sky could be falling even more so than it already is, or maybe it'll be filled with sunshine and rainbows by next Tuesday. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll get the full rainbow treatment by then. <laughs> However, uh, a win or two can go a long way to uh, sure. getting things right with every point being so important. And the one thing we can do is revisit what's up with the uh, Kraken because they'll have played the Wild that night before. They'll have just finished that four-game road trip. Yeah. And, we can reconvene then. Have a great time on the road, Mike. Thanks so much for doing this. Great to great to have you on the show and appreciate you taking the time while you're down in Sin City. You you look pretty good for a guy that's in Vegas right now. I gotta give you credit on that. I'm I'm not much of a gambler, nor is my wife. I made my one donation yesterday, twenty dollars on the on the the plastic horses that run in the circle. That's my that's my one uh game that I like to play. Not a big gambler, but uh, we saw Carrot Top last night, huh? Tremendous. He was great. He really he still, was. Is he still as jacked as he was before? He's, yeah, he's not as jacked, but he is still, uh, he's in great shape for sure. And uh, I love, I mean, I love the comedy and he's a great prop comic. I love prop comedy and he's very timely with, with his act. So yeah, it was a great kind of the, 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 the Vegas experience right there. All right. Well, I'm sure there's uh, all there's all there's many different Vegas experiences, yes. whichever ones you enjoy. <laughs> Have a great time. We'll talk to you next week. Travel safe, Mike, and enjoy this game tonight. Take care. All right. There's Mike McIntyre, by the way, pushing 420 in the chat right now. Great to see everyone out from Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you're new, if you haven't been here before, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Join us daily or Monday to Friday, 1 o'clock Central Time, live here for a couple hours. And, of course, if you're not able to join the show, pop by anytime afterwards. If you're subscribed, it'll be at your latest content on YouTube. And you can also grab the audio podcast wherever you get your favorite pods. Just search Winnipeg Sports Talk and hit that red subscribe button. All right, Craig Button is coming up. Caught up with Craig earlier today, coming out of... uh, Tough one for Carrie Anderson and the uh, Team Canada out at the World Women's Curling Championships. Didn't know Craig was such a big, uh, big curling fan. They're on the ice right now. Huge favorites against Team New Zealand. 
And of course, when we're talking curling on the program, we're doing it for our friends at Princess Auto. <clears throat> really looking forward to taking the show on the road for a few days out to the Players' Championship at the end of the Jets' regular season uh, for the second final Grand Slam event, where we'll see many of the world's and uh, Canada's top curlers. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the sport from coast to coast and your Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 over at princessauto.com. Huge thanks for the incredible support over the last couple of years from our friends at Culligan Water, celebrating over 65 years in business as a family-owned company. And they've got everything you and your crew need. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. You can see them over at 1200 Sargent Avenue or find out more on what they can do for you online at drinkculligan.com. And hey, speaking of the bomber season, of course, that Princess Auto tailgate party is going to be so good to get back to for the first bomber action. Um, of course, when we're thinking bombers as well and the Princess Auto tailgate party, a lot of folks enjoying those Canadian Club and Ginger Rails, which I'm glad to tell you are now available at both Manitoba Liquor Marts and beer vendors in single 473 milliliter cans. Wherever your spot is, take a look for it. Ask for it if they don't have it. And coming up this weekend, another reminder, the flash sale on the 12-year Canadian Club Reserve is going on from Friday until Sunday. Regular is $32 on sale for $24. Three days only. Biggest sale of the year on the Canadian Club 12-year at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right. We've got more to get to. We'll get to the cool bet lines and check out a busy, busy night. I know Remo's going to have a rant. I can almost guarantee you on the NHL deciding to go with Fanatics as the new game jerseys for a 10-year deal. We'll get to all of that in a minute. But right now, let's welcome in TSN's Director of Scouting and Hockey Analyst, Craig Button, for his thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets. Craig, thanks so much for doing this. How, uh, how are you? I, I'm really good, but but I got to tell you what I just finished doing. I just finished watching the world women's curling, and you know Gary Anderson, you know, just lost to Switzerland. I mean, you talk about high level curling. I mean, that was pretty impressive. And yeah, there was a few mistakes in it, but I love curling. And uh, I mean, to it was 7 a.m. Uh, mountain time when I got up to watch that, and I I never left the TV until the end. It was it was pretty impressive. Yeah, well, it's been uh, it's going to get good this weekend. Obviously, we'd love to see uh, Carrie and her Manitoba rink representing Canada win the uh, win the gold. They've had a pretty nice start. I, the one thing, I mean, the quality of the curling around the world is so different than even ten years ago. I mean, you go to the World Championships and it's not a fait accompli that Canada will even be there in the final, never mind win it. So, uh, yeah, everyone's certainly pulling. I'll tell you what, the curlers from around Manitoba, I think, have been giving people some better feelings than the local hockey team for the better part of the last uh, the last two months. Um, Craig, what do you make of the Jets? I mean, I know we had spoken a couple months ago. I mean, this team was in first place in the Western Conference, and um, I mean, by any measure, they have not been good for going on two months right now. 
I know you were on the, uh, you know, doing analysis on the weekend of that game in St. Louis, which was exceptionally disappointing to Jet fans considering the way they battled back and fought through against a depleted Nashville team to get a desperately made, uh, needed two points. Um, you know, going into this game against Arizona right now, what do you make of where the Winnipeg Jets are at? You know, I, I guess the first thing is, is you look at the first 54 games of the season and, you, you know, everything was was really positive, as it should be. I mean, they were playing so well in so many different areas of the game, defensively, offensively. All. Connor Hellebuck, I mean, to me, he, he is the Jets' most valuable player. And, you know, we think about this stretch of 17 games and you think about the two games they won in Florida – where if it wasn't for Hellebuck, they'd only have three wins in their last 17 games, not five. You know, so you think about what Connor has meant to this team. But, you know, you, you know, you think back to the game Sunday, and, and Kevin Sawyer mentioned it time and time again. You know, not only do you give up the goal early in the game again, but the quality of shots that the St. Louis Blues were getting on Connor Hellebuck. And, I mean, he, he's, keeping, he's keeping the Blues at bay and keeping the Jets in it. And the Jets, to me... Their, their commitment to playing defensive hockey five on five has really wavered, has really, really uh, created a lot of these problems. So, you know, like we, we look at, you know, Kyle Connor hasn't scored, you know, Blake Wheeler hasn't scored. We can look at the scoring. Defensive play is about mental focus. It's about physical effort. And it's about committing to a discipline to say, you're not going to get – an advantage against me. And quite frankly, the Jets have, have, have failed in that area in, in, in massive ways. In massive, and, and their top players have too. You know, you look at that first goal on Sunday versus Salem. I mean, I, I don't know what Mark Shifley was doing. He looked, he looked like a, a first-time player playing in his first time in the NHL. Where do I go? How do I do with this? Like, and for Mark who has shown more than enough capability to be a dominant player in every regard of the game. To me, those are the things that are unacceptable. And you can look down the lineup and everything. I look right at their key players who haven't been good five on five defensively during this stretch They're until they want to make a concerted effort to change the way they play. And I'm talking about a determined defensive effort. They're going to continue to have these problems. And maybe you know, Connor Hellebuck can bail them out because he has in the past, but that's not what winning teams have. Well, it's funny you mention that because that uh, echoes many of the comments from head coach Rick Bonus, And he has gone back to the fact, I mean, many of us you know, were saying, well, where are the goals? I mean, what's happened to the guys like Shifley and Kyle Connor? And he goes back to playing defense the right way, doing the things that got you to first place in the beginning are the things that lead to offensive confidence and chances. Um, and that hasn't been there. And, you know, Craig, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that this is a conversation we've had around this time of year in previous seasons before with this core. Um, but for Rick Bonus right now, going into a very crucial final 11 games of the season, still in a pretty good spot. Um, like what's keeping him up at night other than the power play, which we do know that they were just working on in the morning skate, which they don't normally do. Um, I imagine there's a lot of things on Rick's plate right now that are, that are really giving him, um, some bad vibes right now about this club, not just the results that he's seen on the ice. You know, this as well as anybody, 
the coaches, they, they, they're always looking for solutions to the problems. And, and it keeps them awake at night. It does. So Rick knows what the issues are with the team. So now it becomes a case of trying to trying to help the players understand this is what gave us success. This is what we did so well. This is what you did so well to give us success. And it, it's not asking players to do something that they're not capable of doing. It's asking players to commit to it. And, you know, I, I say this all the time. If winning was easy, everybody would do it. It's hard to win. It's hard to be successful. It's hard to dial into the details and the disciplines of hard defensive play. But it's what helps you win. So if you want to be on the right side of winning, and, and, and I, I don't think there's any doubt that the players have that goal in mind, you know, I'm, I'm always reminded of this when, when I think about it. I always say, you know, if, if, if Rick Bonus came into the room and said, who wants to win? Well, all the hands go up, right? Okay, number two. Okay, who, who's ready to pay the price to win? All the hands go up. The third question is the critical one. Who knows what the price is and who's, who, who's ready to commit to that price? And I think that that's where Rick now has to get to. That's where Rick has to, you know, kind of connect with the players. And I, I don't think there's any question he can and, and will. But you, you can talk to the players and you can try to show them, hey, this is what gave us success. It, it really does start in that room with those, with those players saying, hey, this is what we need to do. And, and you know, you, you look around and you say, we're going to hold ourselves accountable. We're going to hold each other accountable. The coach can come in and tell everybody, but the players are the ones that have to do it. Kevin Shoveldayoff last summer said, I believe in this core group of players. He said, I think we're more than capable. He made the change in the coaching office. Rick came in and made a change with the, with the captaincy and everything. And we saw it through 54 games, which was really good. Quite frankly, now, and I'll be really straightforward, I think that, you know, are, are the players going to show uh, that Kevin's faith and belief in them is warranted? Or are they going to, uh, you know, not commit, not be able to do the things that can give this team success? Because I think this team can have success. I think they're built to have success. But if not, I think we'll see some real significant changes this summer, as there should be if this team falls off. I'll, I'll be honest. I think at this point, after the last few seasons, I think that's happened in one way or the other, Craig. And I mean, yeah. we all hope okay, that the team can make the playoffs and see what they can do and maybe surprise some people. But I mean, with the trend of the club for the last number of seasons and mm -hmm. in this season itself, it's pretty hard to make the argument that, uh, yeah, you know what? Run it back one more year with these guys on expiring contracts, potentially losing them for nothing at the end of the year and then start over. Um, but but back to this club right now. And I mean, you've watched and, and been on a lot of the broadcasts. I mean, one of the things that comes up, and it's a very damning thing to talk about a hockey team, but you're looking for guys that are showing that given F factor more often than not, to use uh, for lack of a better term. Josh Morrissey at times this season, really when these slumps first started, was a guy that sort of stepped up at a few very noteworthy occasions and sort of put his team on the back, on his back. That has not been happening for any of the big guys up front really at all. And we're now seeing players mired in big slumps, still playing big minutes. Um, 
I have to ask, you mentioned Mark Shifley. Um, Shifley, and I mean, this funk that Kyle Connor is in right now is is hard to uh, imagine possible considering what he did last year in a down year for the hockey club. I mean, what do you make of the top forwards right now for the Winnipeg Jets, specifically 55 and 81, and um, just the funk that they're in right now? Well, they're in a funk because of, of the way they're playing the game. So, like, you know, it would be one thing if, like, you know, you're hurt, you're coming off an injury, you know, you've missed an extended period of time. I I, I point to the first goal against St. Louis on Sunday. Like, really? That's the way you want to play, Mark? Like, really? Like, you're way better than that. So so he's going to play like that, starting off the game. So now you're behind one nothing. The game in Carolina. Kyle Connor was completely cheating on the first goal of the game. He's got his back to the play. Jacob Slavin goes, this might be the easiest intercepted pass I'm ever going to make. I mean, and now it's one nothing. Now you're chasing the game again. So, you, you know, and I know Rick Bonus, and, and, and you, you, I, I want to be careful how I use. Uh, I'm using the word cheating within the context of the game. When you cheat the game, when you cheat the right way to play the game, you're going to run yourself into problems. So when Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley make a decision that they're not going to cheat the game and cheat the disciplines of the game, they're going to find a way to be much better and play up to their capabilities. That's how I see it. I don't see it any other way. I, I can't begin to tell you how disappointed I was after that Carolina game when Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor wouldn't talk. And the newcomer, Nino Niederreiter, had to speak. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, the, the, that's ownership? Sorry, that is abandoning ship. I don't want players that are going to be better abandoning ship. I'm not saying that Mark or Kyle are of that ilk, but you better, your actions are speaking louder than words right now. And your actions need to speak a lot more strongly in terms of your play because they're more than capable. That's the thing, they're more than capable. Yeah, the optics on that were not, uh, were not good, especially with you know, Niederreiter, as you mentioned, oh. being the guy that came out. Craig, speaking of um, of players that, um, you know, maybe are showing that umph, I have to ask you what you thought about Nikolai Ehlers dropping the gloves with Braden Shen. The message that that was maybe intended to show to the rest of his team, and and that was right towards the end of the second period. The team was down. What did you make of the response or lack thereof of the club in the third period, and did you expect differently because of what had happened? Well, you know, I love that Nikolai, you know, first of all, he he's engaged. And then when Shen gives him the cross check, Nikolai says, I'm not taking this. No way. They're like, enough. And he went right after him. And it wasn't, and, and Nikolai's not going, oh, it's Braden Shen. I better be careful here. He said, I'm standing up for myself. I'm standing up and doing here. So, you know, when you stand up for yourself and, and, and you're and, and you're in the fight and you're in the battle, you know what? That's That's a signal that I'm invested. And so the third period comes around and you're going, wait a second here. Like Nikolai just says, I'm invested. Adam Lowry is always invested, you know? And so when I watch, you, you know, the, the, uh, the top players not get invested. I mean, if I'm Nikolai Ehlers and, and Josh Morrissey has, has, has had a fantastic season, you know, I talk about Adam Lowry. I mean, Really, you look at the top players. You look at Wheeler and Shifley and Connor, and you say, "Wait a second here. Where were you guys? Like, does that not does that not get you kind of feeling? Hey, listen, I got to dig in a little bit deeper. I got to be more invested. That's what it signals. And the fact that they didn't, I think, is 
that's Rick Bonus was probably thinking to myself, oh, okay. So I got Nikolai Ehlers who's ready to go to battle, and I got other guys that are just ready to accept defeat. That is a problem. Well, Craig, and Bones had been saying all year long early on, you know, if you take a run at one of us, you take a run at all of us. And, I mean, I've been watching quite a few games in the East. I mean, it seems like a different league at some point. I mean, some guy takes a run at Tampa, and it's a scrum, and everyone's in there. Boston, I mean, these teams are engaged. I hate to say it, but sometimes you watch the Winnipeg Jets, and I think Sunday was a perfect example of that. And it seems like it's 18 individuals as opposed to one team that's coming together. If anything, it's maybe going the other way. And that's got to be really concerning, not only for the coach, but for the GM that backed this group. Yeah, I, I, you've nailed it. The, the GM that backed the group. And and we know what group he backed. And, you know, again, it, winning, if winning was easy, everybody would do it. And, and it, you, you reach points in time where things are hard and, and things are demanding. You know, one of the people that I was so lucky to be around for a lot of years, and I have the greatest respect for him, and 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 I just think the world of him, and he works for the Winnipeg Jets is Mike Keene, and you know I just think back to Mike Keene, who 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 refused to accept defeat in any way, shape, or form, and refused to accept any player uh, accepting defeat in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, when I talk about Morrissey and I talk about Lowry and, and players like Nikolai on Sunday, like that's the fighting spirit you have. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win, but you show that we are not going to accept defeat. I, I think that the, the problems with the Winnipeg Jets right now is, is, is you got players through their actions that are just, oh, well, it's not our day. It's not our game. And, you know, you go through two games, four games, five-game stretches, six games, and you go, okay, we can get through it. 17 games? Uh-uh. 17 games is too much. And that's where players, your top players, have to take ownership. I don't think they have. And and Alex, like, Connor Hellebuck has been brilliant. Connor Hellebuck, we know his save percentage. It's not because of his brilliant play. And Josh Morrissey had a little bit of an injury. It's not because of him. It's not because of Adam Lowry. The top players, they better they better take a long, hard look in the mirror because they're a big part of the problem. Um, Craig, that being said, all is not lost for the Jets, and it's not no, really it because they've gone on a big run, but it's because, listen, I think Nashville is playing a little bit over their head. Um, it was a huge comeback for the Jets over Nashville on Saturday, and then they just, I mean, got absolutely trounced on Sunday afternoon. The team that I've been expecting more from for the better part of the last number of weeks has been the Calgary Flames. And, I mean, last night, with so much on the line, they come out. They're a team that normally, even when they're losing, they seem to outshoot teams. They get caved in for 60 minutes and get embarrassed 8-2 by the LA Kings. I mean, what do you make of the flames and their current situation? You, you know what they are? They're, they're the, they're the team. What, what, how I would, how I would describe them is, is they're the team that uses, you know, uh, enhancements on their profile to look really good. And and so you look at them and they, Oh, well, they got this player and they got this player and they got this player and, and, and they look really nice. Right. And then you peel it away and you take away the filters and everything. And they're not a very good team. They're not connected. You know, they fall back on the, Oh, we got lots of shots. Yeah. You, you, you talk about a team that doesn't play inside hockey. They don't get into the hard areas and pay a price. 
They, I mean, we know Jacob Markstrom, let's forget about last night. You know, he, he, he's found a level of play that I think has been really positive over the last two and a half weeks, but he's been a major problem for the team over the course of the year. And Huberto comes in, he hasn't found his footing. Cagri now is struggling. You know, it just seems that like when one thing starts to work, another thing isn't working. And when one thing, when, when that thing works then something else falls apart, you know, one of the things that I think of the, the, the flames to me are like that. Or you go out and you buy this lovely fabric to, to make a suit and, and it's beautiful. The, the, you know, the fabric is nice and soft and rich and everything. And then you go, well, what kind of suit do we want to make that's really fashionable, that fits today's stand? And you go, oh, boy, that's really fashionable. And then you put together the suit, uh, the suit, and then you find out it falls apart at the seams. One night it's the left arm. Next day, it's the it's the it's the right leg, the pant leg, you know. Then the crotch falls apart, and then you, you know everything. I, I think they're a poorly made suit that looks really nice, and then once it's got a weather any type of wear, oh boy, they got they got no moxie. That's what I think. I think they're a I think they're a team that has no moxie that can get pushed right out of a game, and even when they look like they're carrying a game, a team just says ah. ah. You're, we're not serious about you. We'll take Dallas did it to them on Saturday night. Dallas did it to them on Saturday night when you know Flames are up five. Ah, Calgary Flames. It's like it's like they're just another team playing, and the t- the opponent goes, yeah, yeah, they might have the lead on us. We're going to beat them. I, I think Brad Tree Living and Daryl Sutter have massive amounts of analysis to do at the end of the season because they're not without their own blame in this entire mess. Well, I was telling you earlier, I mean, I did spend some time listening to the post game last night in Calgary in the morning show. And I, I mean, you know, you, it would sound like, you know, the flames are eliminated, but they are not. I mean, they are still, and, and if you look at their last seven games of the season, they've got six teams out of the playoffs and a head to head game against the Winnipeg jets. So from my perspective, this next week and a half for Winnipeg with games at home against Arizona on the road against the ducks, a game in LA against the Kings, a game in San Jose against the Sharks, and then back home against the Red Wings will define whether the Winnipeg Jets are able to put themselves in a position where they're preparing for the playoffs or they're playing for their life and relying on some pretty bad teams to beat the Calgary Flames. Let's get back to the Jets right now. Rick Bonus coming into tonight against the Coyotes and the rest of this week. Where does this turnaround start? Because we've seen at times they can play hard, they can play well, they can do the things they've done before. It hasn't been consistent enough. And, I mean, maybe quickly just speak to the lack of success on the power play, too, because that is one part of their game that has been killing them for the better part of six to eight weeks. Yeah, well, what I'll say to this about the – it's too slow, it's too static, it's too pedestrian. And, you know, when you when you, when you you move the puck slowly, you know, it, it allows teams to get into the spaces that they need to get into to – to deny you openings when, and, and they're not moving into the spots quick enough to, to break down a team. And so when you get a power play that, uh, that absolutely has the skill, the personnel and the skill department to be uh, effective. But when you start to move the puck slow and you start to move slow yourself, you're going to run into all kinds of problems. And, and that to me is, is, is what's happened to the Winnipeg Jets. It's too slow, too pedestrian. And the, the, the number one thing I think they have to do is, is pick up the tempo and the pace. You know, you, you and me remember when there used to be turntables 
and used to play a record at the ideal speed of a record was 45 RPMs. Well, that's the required speed for the power play. They're playing it at 33 and a third. <laughs> it doesn't look good. <laughs> and it doesn't sound good. They get the get the tempo and the RPMs up to 45 again. And I, I think they have enough skill to do that. The Arizona counties are a hard team to play against. They got size, you know, they got a team that that, that competes hard. And so if I'm Rick Bonus and, and I'm coming into the into the game tonight, I'm saying like it's a hard game. And I'm gonna evaluate this real simply. Who's ever ready to play the hard game is going to play a lot more. And people that aren't going to play the hard game, you're, you're not going to play that much. Now, I know you can't just sit down everybody, but that's the message I'd be sending. I'd be sending it collectively and individually. Well, and I mean, listen, he did exactly that a week ago Tuesday yeah. against the Carolina Hurricanes where Shifley and Connor, as we talked about, sat for the better part of the second period. It will be interesting I mean, if they can get a couple points, I think they'll put them in a pretty comfortable position considering what we've seen from Calgary. But, I mean, Calgary's got the Ducks tonight. You'd have to expect that they bounce back. I mean, we uh, we are going to be talking about this race for a number of games. Whether we get down to game 82 for it, I guess, remains to be seen. Craig, thank you so much for the time. It's always great having you on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We'll look forward to seeing you on uh, upcoming Jets broadcasts as we come down the stretch. Yeah, thanks. Always a pleasure to join you. Oh, man, great stuff from Craig Button. Really appreciate Craig jumping on the program with us today here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Again, a great, great crowd today going into this big game tonight. If you just popped in, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and join us daily, 1 o'clock if you're able to, live. And uh, you can always get the audio podcast wherever you get your favorite pods. Just search Winnipeg Sports Talk and hit subscribe. Um all right, uh, we have to give our friends at Little Brown Jug a big shout-out and thanks. Uh, they've got that great new beer. It is the Generic Lager, and it's just launched. Your basic lager, just better, impressively standard in the best way. Light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. You can pick it up at the tap room or it'll be available in Liquor Mart starting in June. But you can also try it a week tomorrow, May, March 29th, the second ever Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night. If you haven't already reserved your tickets, do not wait. We've had limited um, limited space in the building. Obviously, you don't have as quite as much room, I think, as we did it outside last time in that beautiful new patio. Get into the uh, description of this video right now or to our socials uh, at Winnipeg Sports Talk WPG on Twitter or Instagram or over at Little Brown Jug. Click the link, count yourself in, grab tickets. I'll finish up putting together the questions and we'll be asking them and look forward to seeing you. It was a great WST get-together when we did that earlier this year. Hoping to do it again and uh, seeing you all there again. Again, Wednesday, March 29th. Grab your tickets now. WST Sports Trivia next Wednesday, the 29th at Little Brown Jug. And hey, huge shout out to Nick and Nikki DQ for their great support of WST. OGs with us from day one. Before we even did a show, Nick and Nikki were there with us. Four locations in southern Manitoba and Winnipeg. Of course, uh, out in Niverville, home of the Nighthawks as well as DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Spring's just about here. 
go out and get the good kind of blizzard. New flavors coming in all the time. And uh, while you're at it, check out the amazing Stack Burgers they've got at DQ. The most underrated burger in the fast food game. Take it from someone that knows a thing or two about fast food burgers. Uh, by the way, if you do need a DQ cake or blizzard cake, hit them up on Instagram if you want something custom made at DQ Manitoba. Let them know what you're looking for. They'll get it done quick and easy to pick up at your favorite Nick and Nicky DQ location. All right, we do got to get to the cool bet lines, uh, but let's get Michael Remus back in here. We've got some audio from Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois, which we'll get to before the end of the show. Uh, but man, great stuff from Craig Button. He always brings the passion, and I kind of figured he'd uh, give us what he gave today, considering what he had to say on the broadcast on Sunday night. Yeah, Craig, great on the broadcast, and I'm seeing a lot of people loving Craig in chat, loving his analogies, uh, talking about the RPM records, suit tailoring. Tailored suits, yeah. Was there a makeup one, too, in there? Someone showed it, gave him a shout out. So, Craig, he brought it uh, you know, today for the appearance, and hopefully the Jets can bring it tonight against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Gotta have it. Got yeah. to have it. And, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about the most important and highly paid players on the team that just haven't had it going lately. Um, Kyle Connor at the top of that list. And I'm sure really feeling the pressure right now to get back on the score sheet and help his team win some hockey games. Um, Kyle Connor spoke before tonight's game um, and started off talking about struggles on the power play. And trying not to, trying to be hard to predict, um, lots of moving options, being comfortable. They've stressed uh, playing all, all over different positions. You've seen a couple times taking on my strong side, a couple times on one timer. So just being flexible. You never know when you're going to come into the zone uh, off a breakout, what position you're going to be in. So um, just supporting the puck, a lot more support, and um, you know when you one on one battles, just competing out there at the end of the day. Well, yeah, winning a few more battles, moving the puck quicker, all would help the Winnipeg Jet power play. Um, and overall, that's just trying to get back to their game that helped them become the number one team in the Western Conference just two months ago. Connor talked about you know the uh, the effort to get back to playing the way that helped them so much earlier in the season. Um, well, puck management, I mean, every, every situation is different in the hockey game. It's so fluid out there. Um, there's going to be times where you need to hold on to a puck to make a play, but I think everybody in this room recognizes when, you know, you're in an odd man rush. If they have numbers, it's, it's get the puck down low and take a high percentage play. Um, you know, I think that's been there all year. <clears throat> um, you know, we just got to come together and I think, you know, Bones talked about it the last couple of weeks, just compete when everybody went in their one-on-one -on -one battles throughout the ice. And that, that includes, uh, you know, going in that front and, um, you know, getting traffic in front of goalies, making it tough for them to see the puck. All right. Well, certainly, uh, you know, has been listening to what Coach Bonus has been saying. Um, uh, the other thing that Kyle Connor is going to speak about in this next one is something that, um, you know, Rick Bonus spoke about extensively early in the program, and that is the Winnipeg Jets just increasing that uh, compete level we talk about so much. I think if you sit there and you focus on competing, a lot of your natural skill will take over, and you, you know, you're not thinking too much on the game. Um, we all know our systems. You know, we've got 11 games left in the year. We played 71 games. So nothing's changed since the beginning of the year. So that's second nature for us. Um, so if we're going out there not thinking, 
um, you know, focusing on, you know, what everybody brings to the table does well individually. I think that makes our whole team have success. And, um, you know, me, it's moving my feet. Um, I think that's one of my greatest assets. So quick on the puck, you know, making making escape moves and, and just uh, being there support for the teammates as well. All right, here's one more from KFC tonight. Uh, and I believe this was from Kelly Moore. It was asking about, you know, the bigger priority um, as far as, well, a number of things which are a priority for the Winnipeg Jets. Listen to this. Yeah, getting scored on first or, or getting things straightened out on the power play, which is the greater priority in your mind to have success in these last 11 games you just talked about? Uh, yeah, I mean, in that scenario, I would say getting scored on first. Um, power play, it's one of those that it wants to get you momentum, but at the end of the day, you know, if you're not scoring, you can still win games. Yeah, that was probably a tough one for Kyle. <laughs> I think let's start. Sorry, choose yeah, your own adventure, Hess. <laughs> start off with not getting scored first and hopefully have the power play help you out when you get your opportunities. Um, got a couple quotes from Dubois as well. Pierre-Luc Dubois spoke and uh, uh, listen, he has been in the lineup. I'm not too sure how close to 100% he is right now, um, but he's in, he's playing. And uh, he talked about being motivated by a missing the playoffs last season to considering where the team is right now in the standings. I mean, it's driven me crazy um, ever since the end of last year to, to you know, till the season started again in these past 30 games where we've kind of gone down a bit. Um, yeah, last year sucked. Playing those games was, was not fun. Um, you know, our dreams to win the Stanley Cup. I'm proud and happy I'm playing in the NHL, but I mean, I, I want to win Stanley. I want you know I want to make the playoffs and have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And everybody in this dressing room is the same thing. We we all want to win, and we have 11 games left to, play, to be played. Um, we know how it felt last year for the guys that were here. Um, the guys that weren't, I'm sure at some point in their career they've had they've had a stretch like that. So you know it's it's last year we're chasing. Now we're we have that spot and and we, we can't lose it. So. You don't want to live in the past, but, you know, last year was, was not good for anybody. All right, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Interesting comments from Dubois. And listen, I mean, I know there's a lot of people here in the chat, certainly in the media, that have said that he's got one foot out the door. Um, I'll give him credit, though. He certainly, when asked questions, gives some thoughtful answers. And um, I appreciated what he just had to say about that. This has to be a desperate time right now because of the memories of what didn't happen for this team and what is there for the taking right now, starting for the Jets tonight against the Arizona Coyotes. One more from Dubois, uh, the obvious question about how he's feeling after coming back from missing eight or nine games with injury. Yeah, I feel better and better. Um, to be honest, I, my mind's only on these last, like, I, you know, we, we, we have to play. We have to play better. We will play better. Um, me personally, I can play better. We have 11 games here. It's the end of our year. We, you know, last year we were chasing. Now we're, we're four points into a spot. Um, we should have to play well. Yeah, you, you seem in, in your answers. You seem almost distracted. Is is this like a pressure thing? Is this I'm distracted just, or distracted? You, you seem distracted. Like you seem just like you're. You, I don't. Know, that's just my take from from where I'm standing. Yeah. But is it a pressure thing or what are we? Thinking? No, it's just wanting to. I mean, my dreams to win Stanley Cup. Our dreams to you, you get in the playoffs. Anything's possible. I mean, I don't know how many years ago Kings won the Stanley Cup by making the playoffs last game of the season, winning in the shootout. Then they won. You know, 
in my mind, it's completely the opposite of being distracted. It's I have one one thing in my mind, and it's just playing well and and helping this team win and you know to, to get in. That's the only thing that we should be concentrating on, not who we're playing, not scoring goals, just playing well. If we play well, we're going to win more often than not, and, and I think that's the recipe for success. That was an interesting one, Reem, because it seemed like he almost zoned out there, asked about how he's feeling, and within eight seconds into the answer was going back to, we need to play better, we got to win, we got to make the playoffs, and listen, I'm not sure whether that is a uh, uh, a guy that just doesn't want to talk about how he's personally feeling or is just so focused on the task at hand um, and the challenge. And obviously, a lot of the pressure, you mentioned not necessarily pressure on him personally, but the pressure that I think everyone in that dressing room and organization is feeling right now, considering the way things have gone for the last couple months and where they're at right now and the task at hand tonight beginning against Arizona. Yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois, he can't answer the questions. He's just laser-focused, singular-focused, just on winning tonight one game at a time us uh Pierre-Luc Dubois just really really wants to win and he doesn't doesn't matter how he's feeling what matters is his desire to get the two points tonight over the Arizona Coyotes that's it that's all I can think about well that's fine um get out and back it up I think that's what uh, everyone would uh, everyone would like to see before we move on question from chat this is the real important one is tonight's game? Are we is this? Are we in biggest game of the year territory? Because Saturday was clearly the biggest game of the year against Nashville. Are we in biggest game of the year territory? Yes. You think absolutely, so? absolutely. And then it'll and then I'll say the same thing on Thursday, before the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the Jets need the Jets need these points. I, listen, I've said this a few times. I don't mean to keep belaboring it, but when you look at the schedules, and even if you don't believe in the Calgary Flames at all. Um, the Flames, if you looked at the way they played in the last four games, two wins, two games to overtime and loss. They've got 14 or 15 now losses in overtime or a shootout. Um, they have been pretty good at getting points last night, notwithstanding. You have to think that they're going to bounce back. They've got the Ducks tonight. Yeah, this game is a must-have for the Winnipeg Jets. You get this one. And even if Calgary wins, you got four points with 10 games remaining, and you got to keep putting up twos right now against the teams on the schedule below you in the standings. And um, give yourself at least an opportunity of sort of booking your ticket to the playoffs before game 82 if you get there and maybe giving your goaltender a bit of rest because, as we mentioned earlier on, I don't think Connor Hellebuck's getting much until the uh, until it's a mission accomplished legitimately and this team knows they're going to be in the playoffs and then they can give Hellebuck a game or two off. Yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's biggest game. I think they got a bit of a cushion um yesterday with that Flames loss and we'll be have our eye on the Flames Ducks after the Jets game tonight. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's as must win as biggest game of the year as Saturday. You're telling Sat- me if they lose tonight at home to the yeah. Coyotes, their one home game while yeah. Calgary has Anaheim, and we're coming in here tomorrow talking potentially about a two-point difference in the standings. No, this is, they have to have it. it. It would be very hard if this team loses the game tonight to come in with any confidence that things are going to be different against the Ducks, against the Kings, against the Sharks, who just came in and beat you in overtime in your own barn last week in a game you had to have. 
again, whatever. We can people can make their own decisions if <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is the quote biggest game of the year. I'll it's put a huge. Poll. You gotta have two points. You have to you have to have two points tonight. If it doesn't happen, I might take tomorrow off. I might not just want, <laughs> not want to talk about it. <laughs> Kidding, of course. Hey, let's get to the cool bet lines because it is a huge, huge night in the National Hockey League with a number of the teams in the race playing. Um, Ottawa's in Boston. Ottawa blowing my three-gamer last night with that 48-save performance by Dylan Ferguson. Very tough loss for the Penguins. Ottawa's plus 245. Bruins minus 302 favorite at home. The Preds are in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Buffalo minus 158. That line's moved quite a bit in favor of the Sabres over the course of the game. Nashville plus 134. Uh, Tampa minus 251 favorites in Montreal. Wild and Devils in Jersey. Wild a plus 155 underdog. Jersey minus 185. Rangers and Canes at MSG a pick em. Panthers need to keep it rolling. They won last night, a game they had to have. They're going back-to-back tonight in Philly against the Flyers. Panthers minus 173, looking to hold on to their playoff spot. Columbus and the Capitals both getting ready for the lottery. Washington minus 226 at home. Leafs at Islanders. Leafs a slight road favorite at minus 124. Islanders, speaking of teams that need it, they're plus 106. Detroit and St. Louis. St. Louis minus 143 faves. Coyotes and Jets. Jets, a big favorite tonight. Minus 284. Coyotes plus 235. Jets, minus 106 on the puck line at minus 1.5. The Dallas Stars, who did the Jets a bit of a favor getting that extra OT point against the Flames on Saturday. Home to the Seattle Kraken. Dallas is in the playoffs. They'll be near the top of the division. Would be nice if they could uh, win clean against the Kraken, who are two points up on the Jets and have two games in hand. And then that big game between the Calgary Flames. How will Calgary bounce back after getting humiliated last night, 8-2 by the LA Kings? We'll find out tonight. Calgary minus 234 faves. Ducks plus 195. And the final game tonight is the Vegas Golden Knights minus 143 in Vancouver to take on the Canucks plus 121 for Vancouver. Now, many of you will know if you watch the lock shop, I am a little superstitious. The Jets are on my suspended list. I've committed to Jet fans to not pick them for the remainder of the regular season because it does seems when I don't have them on a ticket, they win. When I do bet them, they lose. So there will be no Jets wagers from me, even if I'm positive they're going to win. However, I did put together Another Hustler exclusive. We had a great run on that. We had a plus 530 and a plus 615 winner last week, Tuesday and Thursday. So we're back at it tonight. Here are the picks. Dallas Stars to beat the Kraken. Buffalo Sabres to beat Nashville, both which would help the Jets. And then the New York Rangers, which just stirking in the pipes to win at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. That one came in when I made it at Plus 440-something. I mean, the boys at Cool Better boosted up to plus 500. So if you do want to get on that, Rangers, Buffalo, Dallas, Parlay, get to the Cool Bet exclusives. Click on Lock Shop Partner Parlay. We'll give you a 5 to 1 on it. Much better number if you'd get it put together by yourself in the uh, uh, manually. Um, so there you have it. By the way, new Lock Shop today. Getting into the WC, WGC Dell match play. 
for you golf fans. Normally do the golf show on Wednesday because it starts on Thursday. This is the match play event. Matches start tomorrow. So you can check out CoolBet. You got winners. You can pick groups. For golf bettors, it's the most fun tournament of the year, but enjoy it because I think this is the last year of it based on that new schedule that the PGA Tour announced. And Dusty and I both do have a uh, win a group parlay. Mine's 24 to 1. His is 12 to 1 for the event. That's in the golf boosted odds specials under PGA Tour specials. Um, Remo? We've got this game tonight. I won't ask you about golf because I know you don't pay that much attention to it. Oh, that's what I wanted to remember. WBC, before we're done. USA, minus 132. Japan, plus 112. What a scene last night on the walk-off winner for the Japanese. Who you got tonight in the final, although I'll be watching hockey when it's on. Yeah, it starts at 6. I was going to roll with USA. Maybe there's some, I don't know if there's home advantage. I think I'd like to see Japan win, but um, they've been, they got the hot bats here, USA, and they are the defending champions. Now Japan has won before. I think Japan, I don't know. I think these guys were all, you know, there's a lot of talk coming into this tournament. Oh, it's an exhibition. You know, nobody cares, blah, blah, blah. Man, these guys, I've never seen people this fired up for baseball in a while. The viewership, this might be the most viewed baseball game in, in history. Ever. Like ever, the Jap, you know, the Japan ratings are going to be out of control. Um, so I'll take, I'll take USA. I think it's going to be very tight, though. I don't know if I feel good about either one. Who is it that just dropped in the chat that CTV News has called this the biggest game of the year? Oh. Frosty. <laughs> well, I put a, I put a poll in. Is this the biggest Jets game of the year? And only fifty-seven percent of people said yes. So. That's as you know, facetious as this poll is. That's uh, I. I would agree. Every game's a playoff game, according to Bones <laughs> and according to me. So, um, is one playoff game more important than the other? No, the next one is. Um, bottom line is, got to have a good start. Not get down again. Get that power play going. Get some good vibes with this club and take it on the road to the Duck Pond on Thursday night. All right, we do have to get these uh, these. Um, uh, podcasts up for people to check before the game time. By the way, hit the thumbs up if you can. Had a great crowd in here. We've got 162. We'd love to get to 200 before the end of the show. Just hit the thumbs up. Very easy. Remo, fill us in on this Fanatics deal, please. Um, Jer- Jersey nerds, not happy. And I think average fans, not happy as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been ordering from Fanatics and you know, have had negative experiences. Either Jersey's not arriving, you know, seen jokes about names spelt wrong or items falling off. And Greg Wyshynski reported this morning, and the NHL announced it. Okay, this is when they announced it. 6.45 a.m. Eastern on a Tuesday. Uh, it seems like an odd time to release some news you would be excited about to me. I'm, I'm not so sure. but So the news today, Fanatics, they'll be replacing Adidas as the NHL's official uniform partner that'll be starting at 24-25, and it'll be running for 10 years. Uh, a lot of people are concerned about the 10-year deal. I think the last 10-year deal the NHL did was with NBC, and I think they left some money on the table by going for so long with one partner instead of diversifying. Now, Fanatics currently make the replica breakaway jerseys 
and retail apparel. They run the online shop. They do some on-location stores. And this is the first time for them, their logo will be on uh, equipment jerseys that will actually be worn by the players. And you might be thinking, Fanatics, they don't make you know, player on ice jerseys. They just make retail gear. How could they do this? One thing I, you know, I read this in Greg Wyshynski's article, uh, ESPN, the Fanatics, you know, they acquired Majestic in 2017, which made baseball jerseys for a long time. So they actually currently do the MLB uniforms. They just put the Nike logo on them instead of the NH, uh, you know, the Majestic logo who used to be their apparel provider for on, a, on field. They also make authentic NFL jerseys, but they put them with the Nike logo. So Fanatics, they'll be using the factory in Explain Quebec. Explain that to me, why they would be making things then putting a Nike logo on them. I guess because, and they're going to be doing this with the NHL jerseys. They're going to be using the same factory that Adidas uses to make the on yeah, jerseys now. Yeah, Quebec, I And heard. then just put the, in Quebec, and then just put the Fanatics logo. I guess just ease of manufacturing. Like, I think, who had the Majestic? They had the MLB jerseys for so long. Fanatics bought them, and Nike just had, I don't know, Nike's like, well, we don't know how to make jerseys. You guys already know how to make them, so we'll just pay you to make the jerseys for us, and you can slap the Nike our logo. logo. Yeah, then we don't have to, we just have to pay you. We don't have to find our own factory. I'm I'm sure that's, that you know, plays I'll in. Say, I'll say this. I, didn't, yeah. I, I mean, I was just thoroughly unimpressed with some of the Fanatics stuff I got yeah. earlier on. I have found it's gotten a bit better. But for those of you in Winnipeg, I mean, one part of this that I think is important to note, um, you know, as things go more and more online, it's a real stress on local retailers. Um, we've got a shop like Royal Sports here in Winnipeg that is literally the best. And I say that as a, a customer for 30 years, in addition to someone that has had us on board. But you'll never find a better spot anywhere when it comes to selection of your merchandise jerseys and all that um and while fanatics is moving in certainly that stuff's there it's nice to have choice it's nice to have a bunch of different brands so uh if you can support local retailers particularly our great sponsors yeah. royal sports and you won't go you won't be sorry when you're thinking about um you know getting into your uh, your next fit whatever it is yeah i'll just go on here just a bit more uh, so yeah, they're just going to, for the first couple of years, they're going to be making the same, you know, Jersey just with the Fanatics logo and they'll make changes 26, 27, maybe different fabric and other player safety innovations like cut resistant stuff. But here's where people get concerned Huss. you know, currently you can Fanatics makes breakaway jerseys. I think they're $150. A lot of complaints about those compared to previous replica jerseys, like the Reebok premier jerseys, the logo, you know, maybe they're, they're not staying on. Or just the crest that it's screen printed on, not exactly an embroidered on logo like it used to be. Um, you know, just the quality of the Reebok. And I go back to when I grew up, uh, Coho and CCM, you know, Masca jerseys, much, much better. There was actually a loss. And so they're taking over Adidas, who makes the uh, authentic jerseys. And there's a big lawsuit. We talked about it here, how Adidas brands their jerseys as on-ice authentics, when in fact they're not actually... The jerseys that the players wear, you cannot buy right now the jersey, you know, the jersey that the players wear. You can only buy a replica of that, but it's called authentic. So jersey collectors not happy about that. And you wonder, well, Fanatics is making these, you know, breakaway jerseys, which are already, you know, not great quality. Maybe the authentic ones will be even less, but it just sounds like they're going to be doing the same thing as Adidas 
Adidas early on. And you know, we're getting into bigger concerns here, Hus, with Adidas ha- or Fanatics having a monopoly on sports apparel, which you mentioned. You don't have Big as much. Time. You don't have as much choice. You know, Fanatics also bought Tops and are making sports cards. And I know a lot of people in the card community worried about Fanatics possibly buying Upper Deck, which has had the stranglehold on hockey for a while. And Again, you've mentioned poor quality, bland designs. Fanatics is this part of like the Saudi investment fund? Like, how do they I, how I, do they buy so, every single company in the sports business? So go online and like click on the comments to anyone who's comment. You know, wrote about Rashinsky, the NHL press release, any one. There's all all negative comments. So I don't know who is and like Jay Fresh on Twitter put out a poll about. Like it got over ten thousand votes. Um, where is it? Oh, let me find his poll here. It got over ten, and like, it's like, are you happy with this deal? And like ninety two percent said no. So it's the NHL. You know, Fanatics. You know, here it is. Are you happy that the NHL honest jerseys will be made by Fanatics for the next ten years? Ninety two point two percent no out of sixteen thousand votes. And it's like the NHL taking you know short term a lot of money instead of. You know, catering to their fans, like with what, uh, you know, the the board ads for the money, which annoyed fans, and the playoff format, we're all unhappy with. But uh, according to them, everything is everything's fine. So we'll everything I'm, is secondary to the mighty HRR. <laughs> Shout out to Ron Hainsey, wherever he is today. Yeah, and then we'll have to see. Again, we'll see what happens with this, but uh, I think a lot of people not. Optimistic. And one thing, oh, one, one thing. So they're going to have retro equipment under the Mitchell and Ness brand. And Mitchell and Ness used to be like a premium brand known for high quality retro apparel that was like how it was when it was released. They released some new hockey jerseys over the last bit where it's kind of just like screened they, on. Did they buy Mitchell and Ness too? Yeah, they bought Mitchell and, and releasing kind of the same yeah. Fanatics quality stuff, which is not the quality that it used to be like. Um, screened on shoulder patches and logos and you know the material no, not, not I as love good the Mitchell and Ness but, stuff uh, uh, that is I mean to me that was the pinnacle of more retro sports merchandise yeah um, and when we were down at the draft in Philly and I want to say 2012 2013 whatever that year was I believe they started in Philly and they had one yeah. store um, went in and it was just like a dream for a you know sports and merch nerd like myself. But uh, yeah, it hasn't gotten better, put it that way. And there is a lot of fears that this is getting a lot worse. Yeah, and I think that's also like they're charging just such a premium price and offering you lower quality. It's uh, kind of like what shrinkflation has, where you go buy a box of pasta and it costs more than the pasta you bought a year ago. And it's also a smaller box. Uh, kind of, it's the way. The way things are going, right? Everybody's getting squeezed, folks. Well, mm. hopefully it'll be the Coyotes that get the squeeze tonight by yes. the Winnipeg Jets. This is a game that they got to have. Uh, this has been a great show. Hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already and tell a friend of Winnipeg Sports Talk if you don't mind. Let them know how to subscribe and get the content on a daily basis focusing on the Winnipeg Jets and our Winnipeg teams. Tomorrow will be a big one. Uh, I know Rowicki's going to jump on with us. We'll have much more coming out of tonight's game as the Jets hit the road to Anaheim to begin that road trip on Thursday night. But tonight, two points. Must have it against the Arizona Coyotes. 7 o'clock puck drop. If you're not already sick of me, I'll be coming up in uh, 
couple hours with Kelly Moore at the beginning of the CJOB pregame show tonight. Um, so you can check that out, and then we'll be back at it tomorrow at 1 p.m. to break it all down for you. Huge thanks to Mike McIntyre and Craig Button. Remo doing a great job of getting all of those clips from uh, earlier today for you ahead of this Jets game tonight. And thanks to all of you for uh, another big, big turnout today on a game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And as always, thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. We couldn't do it without them. Folks, enjoy the game tonight. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 o'clock, right here to break it all down on WST. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.